when we not talk about family when family's all that we got everything i would do you were standing there by my side and now you're gonna be with me for the last time hello and welcome to too fast too forever there's all kinds of family we chose this one this is episode 39 fast five lap four i'm joey lewandowski i'm joe too and this episode's brought to you by bird's eye vegetables so every day for nearly a century They've worked tirelessly to make vegetables irresistible, easier to buy, store, prepare, and serve. More delicious, more delightful, because when people get more of their daily nutrition from vegetables and plants, remarkable things happen. It seems your mom was right all along. It's good to eat vegetables, so they make vegetables good to eat. Well, you know I like my dessert first. But you're going to need your vegetables. If it's good to eat, it's good to eat. That's all i got to say. You know that's the second part of the quote, right? Of of course. There's so much of this movie that I have memorized. Like lines Which is crazy. Yeah. I, I didn't think that there was that much of this. Like, if you were like, hey, what are like some of the great quotes? from Fast Five. I'd have to sit there and think for a minute, but like once you put it on, I'm like, oh shit. Like I know everything that's gonna happen in this movie. So So we are here. This is la- we're 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 more than halfway now through well I guess technically well this is sort of the midway point because we are gonna have a Hobbs and Shaw episode, I think, this oh, lap. Fuck, yeah, maybe so, we are. Damn. You know, this we're sort of in the in the midway point now that we're more than eight movies per lap. We're now officially gonna ring in the ninth movie this lap, so that's very exciting. We are now that's really exciting. halfway through this lap. Joining us after the break will be the hosts of the PSL of Hoffman podcast, right here on the Cage Club Podcast Network, one of whom you already know also the host of the High School Slumber Party podcast, Brian Rodriguez, and his pal and friend and co fellow podcaster, Kyle Reinfrey, the host of the Foodie Films podcast. They will be joining us after the break. But before we get there, Joe Let's talk about extracurricular activities. I don't know about you, but I've been doing a whole lot of nothing lately, and it's, it's been pretty good. Sometimes it feels great to do a lot of nothing. I can agree. I, I like a lot of nothing. What did I do? Uh, well, we had the 4th of July since last time we recorded, right? But did you do anything? Because I didn't do anything, really. I did nothing. We talked about this together. My goal for the 4th of July was to do nothing. We woke up early. I started drinking. I was, like, really drunk by myself. I mean, mm-hmm. well, with Rachel. I went to bed at 9 o'clock. And I heard the fireworks in my bed. I was going to, I was thinking about, you know, I was, I was sitting in my living room. I'm like, maybe I should go because there's like fireworks like close by. And, you know, I don't have to go like into a park. I can just sort of drive around and maybe catch some. And then that night the Yankees won extra innings. I was like, well, I guess I'm not leaving my, I, I could just pause. But I was like, I, I just, I don't really want to go out. I'll just, you know, I'll just continue watching the baseball game. What we have been doing, you and I have been doing a lot of lately, crushing Ryan Gosling podcast. So if you can't get enough of our voice, and again, it might not seem like this interest level is the same thing because it's, you know, Ryan Gosling movies, not quite Fast and Furious. It's the same nonsense. It's the same yeah, nonsense we just recorded a podcast. We recorded a podcast about Ryan Gosling walking around a sex doll pretending it was real. I mean, that's yep. as close to this as you can get. In what way? Explain that one to me. I mean, like, us talking about it. Oh, sure. The love of watching that is pretty equivalent to what you'd hear here. Our most diehard listeners will know that right now our Gosling podcast is once every three months, on the 21st of the month every three months, but starting August 1st it will be weekly. So if you want more of us, more Gosling, starting August 1st for a couple months to burn off the rest of those episodes, we are going to have those. So go check that out. Oh, I do have have, um, a Trash TV update. You. Okay. I haven't told you about it yet. Is this a new show or is this an update to an existing it's a, show? It's a new show. It's a new show, okay. but it's it's not really a new show. As I mentioned before, my buddy is visiting from England. Dom. Dominic Toretto. Dominic Toretto. He watches this show in England called Love Island. This is the first year, like this week, they started it in America. Ooh. Okay? And the show is this. Check this out. You're going to love this. I'm listening. I'm all ears. I'm all ears. Okay. I just watched one episode, and, and by the time this comes out, there'll be so many more episodes. Anyways, because it's on, it's on five nights a week, by the way. On what channel? Uh, CBS. Really? Yeah. So it starts off. They do a man auction. Okay? So they line up four girls. 
they have guys come out one by one. Then the girl steps forward if she thinks she likes this guy. It's like if, if she mm-hmm. wants to fuck him, she steps forward. It's like the voice. But you just you he doesn't get to say anything. He's not allowed to say anything. He's like, "Hi ladies, I'm Nigel or whatever. I don't know their fucking names." So, sure. and the girls are like, "Ooh, I'd fuck him." So they step forward. So then he has to pick a girl. And you think that it would be like, you know, he'd have to like pick a girl that like kind of likes him. No, he can pick any girl he wants cuz this is just Even <laughs> ones who didn't step forward. Yes. He could he could just he could just like in quotation marks force himself on a woman. Well, so he, so here's a question. What's the goal of the game? Like before we go further, like what is he trying to do? Why would you want to pick someone who doesn't want to be with you. It doesn't really matter. Because the thing is, that they just have to be the best couple. You're trying to be the best couple. In what regard? In who votes for you the most. Okay. So he could pick any girl he wants. But normally, you know, you pick a you, you pick a girl that says she likes you first, right? Like that's. I mean, it's it's an easy choice. Then next guy comes out. Now mm-hmm. every girl can step forward again, even if she already has a guy. He can just like take. A girl that already has, like, a fake boyfriend, like, a, you know, a 30-second boyfriend. And then that guy has to go to the subs bench. And Ooh, he's alone. Okay. So it's like a white elephant, like a gift swap <laughs> Yeah, it's Yankee swap. So, okay, so here's a question. So you go out first, you pick a girl. Do I know that you've already picked that girl or no? Yeah, because then you, like, line up together. So, like, you see that she has a man. Like, they're okay, on, the, okay, on the line. Okay. You know okay. what I mean? It's not like a spoiler or anything. So everybody gets coupled up. Now, when you're coupled up, that means you have to sleep in the in the same bed as that person, as your couple. So this is like night one. We're like three hours in. They're like, okay, got to sleep in the same bed together. And I was like, okay. very interesting. They all sleep in one giant room like a dormitory. So they're all in like queen-size beds or maybe even double beds or whatever. But like they're all in like beds and then it's in one room. The surprise twist at the end of the first episode was as they bring out a lonely girl. There's one extra girl. A sad queen, if you will. Yeah, sad queen. And she doesn't have a man. And she doesn't get she doesn't get a man until after the first day. She's like, you know, all alone. But she has to be flirty because she has to like steal a man soon. At the end of the first day, all the girls are like, you know, oh we like our we like our fake boyfriends, all six hours we spent with them. And then she's like, Well, guess what? That one's mine. Does she kick does the does the one girl does the girl that she steals a guy from, does she leave the show or she is not a lonely girl? She's the lonely girl, but if she doesn't get like repicked, then she's out. Oof. Brutal. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of possibilities that are about to happen. So anyways, I'm going to be a month-long deep in Love Island. If you guys would like to talk Love Island with me, message on Facebook. We could talk all about it. And I'll keep you updated if something crazy happens I need to tell Joey about. This is the only way I can convince him to listen to it. So I'll tell him here. I'm forced to listen to it twice, both while listening to it now and then while editing again. <laughs> so, I mean, this is really hammering home Love the Island, show. I guess. You should just watch the show. Probably not going to do that, but I appreciate the the effort and the enthusiasm. Anyways, it's fun. If I like trash TV. I like trash TV. I like trash movies. I will be watching Love Island because I love all this. I, I talked about I talked about Temptation Island on here, right? Maybe I think I did. I don't know. I know that we talked about it. I would assume it's probably on here, but I don't know. Okay, so that's that's what I've been up to. Nothing else really. So we have a Patreon page here on the show, Patreon.com/slash/TooFastTooForever, or just TooFastTooForever.com. It'll bring you there. Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Fear, and Ben Milliman for supporting us over there. Um, so thank. Thank you all, thank you all, thank you all. Again, reminder, Ben Milliman's supporting at a level where he gets to pick a movie that we're watching for a pit stop. Yeah. We have officially slotted this in time-wise. So, still not going to announce what movie it is, because I still want to keep that a little bit of a secret. As it gets closer, we'll let you know. But, between The Fate of the Furious and our Hobbs and Shaw episode, we're going to have a bonus episode in one of those off weeks yeah. where we watch this movie that Ben picked. And it's a great it's a great movie, uh, a movie that fits in with the podcast, with the themes of the show. We have officially slotted that in so that, you know, unless something weird and wild happens, September 3rd, Pit Stop, 
this movie. Oh, so look you announced a date for Ben, too. Oh. Also, here's a here's a little bit of a, of a note, and we're going to have some news in a little bit. But next week, we're going to have another bonus episode where we're going to do a Hobbs and Shaw preview. So I'm we're excited. still, you know, in every other weekly pod or every other week podcast. But you know, we've got a lot of bonus stuff coming your way. So get excited. I hope you're excited. I'm I hope, excited. I hope you want more of us I'm instead excited. of less of us. I want less of but, you. Like okay. I want I, more of us. I just want less of you. I love us. <laughs> What's the Kanye song where he says "I love us"? Uh, I don't remember. I would, you know now I'm just thinking I, I love the old Kanye. I miss the old Kanye. Yeah. Murder to Excellence. Yes, it's off Watch the Throne. Yes. yes. And you, do you know how hard it was for me to not say Watch the Throne there? Because like I haven't said Watch the Throne. <laughs> I've said Watch the Throne probably hundreds of times since I've said Watch the Throne. But Yeah, that's true. I didn't even think yeah. about it. No, I didn't. That's funny, though. We have, I'm going to do a review check right now. So shout out to those, to Cassie, Jake, and Ben for supporting us on Patreon. If you want to. You know, we've got some merch that you can get. We're going to have more merch this fall. Everybody thinks should have gotten to... their stickers by now, too. I think so. I think so. I think we talked to them. I think everybody that got that had stickers in the mail definitely got them. So mm-hmm. You can control what we watch. You can pick entire themed laps for pit stops. Anything you want to do. There's a lot of madness and a lot of fun stuff over there. Also, you get stuff early. You get early access to episodes. You get access to oh, the Fast and Furious Minute document. There's a lot of great stuff over there. TooFastToForever.com. Joe, I just went on iTunes to check our reviews. Still 13 ratings, all five stars. Still the five reviews. Most recent one is the Fergie and Jesus review from Wells. Yes. So shout out to all of you. Thank you for reviewing us. If you review our show on iTunes or wherever, uh, let us know, and we will read the review on air. And also, just thank you for doing that. Yeah, thanks for writing reviews. Oh, so here's another thing. So what? I wrote this down. Since we last recorded, it feels like, you know, we've recorded five or six podcasts because it's Gosling and one Shannon that just came out today yeah, as exactly. we're recording this. You, specifically, you actually did something, believe it or not. Do you remember what you did? No. You tested Rabbit. And Rabbit works. Oh, shit. I forgot to talk about that. Yes. Yes, I did. So, okay, guys. I did a little test run with Joey about Rabbit for for our family viewing, okay? We talked about it, and again, sometimes we're a little slow. You know the episodes come out, but we, we like to plan stuff out. We want to make it work. I gave Rabbit a shot. Remind people what this is if they don't know what this is, if they don't know what Rabbit is with family viewing. They claim it's like a social media kind of thing, but it's not. You make an account. You sign up. Somebody sends you a link, and it's like a go-to meeting or something for work. Right? You, like, click, and you, like, join their chat room, essentially. It, like, opens another browser, and you could all watch the same movie together. This is how we're going to watch Fast and the Furious, hopefully. And it worked really well. Like, the quality was great. I made a room. I invited Joey. And I was like, here, just, like, see what's going. Like, just tell me what it looks like. Take a picture. What does the chat chat room look like on your side? Because, you know, it's hard to sometimes be the, the admin and know what the user interface looks like. Yep. So we uh, sussed this all out. And go ahead. It works. It looks it looks great. I would never needed to log into Netflix. So if you don't have Netflix, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming most people have Netflix. But if you don't have Netflix and you want to be it a just part of mine. Yeah. family viewing, you you can still do that. Uh, I know that a lot of our more active listeners, I, I don't think Wes, but I think most of our active listeners are on Facebook. Um, so we will create a Facebook event and we'll let also let you know let you know on here when we're watching it, where we're watching it, the link and all that sort of fun stuff. Also, speaking of events, we officially bought our tickets to Hobbs and Shaw. We so did. If you're in the New York area, you can go to our Facebook page or you can email us, family at cageclub.me, and ask when, when we're seeing it, where we're seeing it. Um, all the information's on there. I would say it now, but it's just it's easier just to go online and look at the link there. The link to directly buy tickets is on the Facebook event page. Cool. Um, to our specific showing theater, our time, our 2D experience, all that sort of stuff. Facebook.com slash too fast too forever. Go check out when we're seeing Hobbs and Shaw. And if you're around, see with us. You know what's gonna be really funny? Well, first of all, one of our guests tonight 
is going to be with us. Of course, well, Mr. Brian Rodriguez will be you there. Mentioned, you mentioned maybe, possibly, one of our guests from, our only guest from last episode, Mr. Larson. Oh, yes, yeah, so Christian Larson. Might be joining us. Our guest from the entire last lap, Mr. Mike Manzi, will be joining us. Yeah, he'll be joining us. The, our guest from the next episode, you've heard about her. You will hear her on the next episode. Rachel will be joining us. Yes, True. And then Joe and I, of course, will be there. So we're gonna have a, we're gonna be rolling about seven or eight deep, I think. So join us. You know what's gonna be funny is what if there's somebody out there that's listening, that's close, that's gonna buy tickets, but also like didn't write in, and we're just gonna be at the theater. They're gonna be like, "Hey guys, what if there's what if okay every it? other ticket in the theater is sold to too fast to forever fans?" <laughs> Larson was asking me about it, and I think he was just asking me about which which thing I'm doing, but I think he, like... He, Do we he have reserved away, seats, by the way? They are reserved okay. seats. We have five in the middle. Where we got good seats. Cool. Uh, but he was asking away, like, he it sort of sounded like he thought that we, like, bought out of theater. We did not buy out of theater. We did not, like, no, get no, a theater. No. This is just a public screening that we are just sort of co-opting for our nonsense. So join us if you're in the New York area. It's not in New York City. Um, it's in New York State, the Palisades Mall. But join us. If you're in the New York area, you know, send us a note, look, go on Facebook, find the thing. And I don't think anybody is. I think all the, you know, everybody who has, you know, support us on Patreon that I've mailed the stickers to, none of them live anywhere close to us. No, and there'd be no uh, reason to be free to fly in to come see the movie with us. Oh, I mean, eventually, maybe. Who Hopefully. Knows? But, so, okay, so, Joe, let's, let's open up the mailbag. Has there any been, before we open the actual mailbag, have there been any... Conversations you've had on Facebook that you want to bring. I, I, I don't, I'm not setting you up for anything. I just, is there anything else that you want to point out uh, that people have been talking to you about on Facebook? Start with the emails and I'll get there eventually. Okay. So we have five emails. Okay. First up, Joe Reed, subject line Joe 3. Hi, Joe 3. Hey, guys. I felt a little behind, but just finished episode 36 since a fellow foodie have some input on the burger debate. Wonderful. Oh. This continues. And good timing because we're going to have Kyle on right after the break. The and he is the, himself. Yeah, he is the foodie. He oh, is. We don't, I hope we remember to ask him about burgers and don't completely forget that. Yeah, it, can we like spoil it a little bit? This is the first time we've ever done this, but we're actually recording this intro after we recorded the full episode because we were supposed to do everything in order like we did, like we normally do last yeah. night, but I had to work Eight. until 10.30 when I thought I was going to be done by, at the worst, 8. I was just, you know, on a, I was a two-hour conference call and just doing a presentation for today. Thankfully, our guests were super flexible, super cool. I mean, we, they're our friends. I, th- I thought they might be, but, you know, in terms of schedules, who knows what people are doing, but we were able to do the entire episode the way that we wanted to do it, but we had to do the intro after the fact, which we're doing right now. Yeah, so that's 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 the joke that we were making. But we did not remember to ask him about fast food burgers. Yeah, so, we did Damn. Sorry, buddy. Uh, Sorry, in the future, Joe 3. We'll, we'll ask him. Yes. But okay, Joe 3. Growing up in Iowa, I didn't have In-N-Out or Whataburger, but I've tried both since. In-N-Out okay. in Vegas and Whataburger when he lived in Oklahoma. Honestly, I'm not sold on either. They're oh! both good in their own right, but neither are necessarily a go-to for me. What, so what's your fast food go-to then? He says, while living in Oklahoma, I came across a smaller chain called Smitty's Garage Burgers and Beer, which sounds oh. great. All those things I like that great. name too, Smitty's. Yeah, and that became my fir- favorite burger spot. Quick Google search shows there are a couple locations in Austin too, or the Austin area, so maybe you can check it out. Yeah, West Burgers are great, and while their fries aren't my favorite, you can substitute house-made chips, which are terrific. Oh. I feel like a place that does a, a nice house-made chip is always... Homemade chips are fire. Yeah, I agree. Mm. Mm. It's a little higher end than a fast food joint, but just like you guys said about Torchy's Tacos, it's not fast food. It's more casual dining. It was a favorite of Mrs. Dr. Joe 3 also. <laughs> Joe says, speaking of which is better, and Torchy's, there's another casual, di- uh, casual dining taco spot in Oklahoma called Fuzzy's Tacos. Fuzzy's and Torchy's. I like it. It's debated which is better, Torchies or Fuzzies. I like both, and living in Arkansas now, we have a Fuzzies, and they're just finishing building a Torchies, so I'm excited to be able to go to both again. God. Cool. We're, we might have to have a taco debate real soon. Okay. 
Okay. We might have to go and do a Tortoise Fuzzies combo and and start this whole ride over. Yeah. We got nothing but time, A. But B, I kind of don't want to, like, rush the burger debate, because I feel like the burger debate is still alive and kicking. Like, I want to sort of ride yeah, that we out wrote, and then we, transition. We wrote out No Knees Denise for, like, a lap and a half. We finally got over that <laughs> Well, we're going to have to get Rachel's take on it next episode when, I know, when it comes up in I thought about Series that. 6. I so. thought about that. She's going to be on it, and it's the episode about it. Mm-hmm, I can't mm-hmm. wait to hear what she says. Mm-hmm. Joe says, I suppose everything comes down to personal preference. If we all agreed that one restaurant had the best food, then what would be the need for all the other chains? Variety is crucial. Yeah, then we'd just be drinking Soylent like Wes. <laughs> Don't even remind me. <laughs> Joe says, glad we could have a quality food debate on a Fast and Furious podcast. It's one of the things I really like about listening to you guys. As always, keep up the great work, guys. Joe 3... P.S. Oil is one syllable. Oh, oil, which is wrong because you say two. Oh, I want two. I want two. Fucked it up again. Twice. I'm I'm gonna fuck it up later in the episode too. So get ready for that. (laughs) I can't remember oil. Oil two 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 two. Oil. Okay, it's one. What I meant to say was thank you, Joe, for writing in. No, thank you for your incorrect take there. But uh, thank you for writing in. I also I think it's apparent to anyone who listens to us, but I want, it's something that Joe and I talk about a lot. This podcast is ostensibly about the Fast and Furious, but it's not really about the Fast and Furious. Yeah. It's just about nonsense. The name might sort of confuse people or sort of pigeonhole us into a thing, but, you know, it's that's why we keep saying, like, you know, the Gosling podcast, the Channing Tatum podcast, the Zac Efron podcast, they're oh, all the same thing, because it's just our opinions on just a movie and relating to our life or whatever, so... Yeah, a lot of weird personal stories and shit like that, so... Because as much as we love these movies, I don't think either of us have any interest in doing a two-and-a-half-hour podcast exclusively about the movies... No. ...every episode. It's gonna it's gonna be burger debates and... I want to argue about burgers for 20 minutes every episode. I want to... <laughs> I'm fine with that. ...you know, somehow get through you talking about Love Island... Can't believe I remember the name for eight minutes. You're gonna have to deal with it. I'm gonna give fucking updates. So I love these movies, but I also love the other stuff, and that's you know I what I hope uh, you all like about this as well. So, so in the process of reading Joe's wonderful e- Joe Three's wonderful email, thank you Joe Three for writing in. I remembered what I've been up to in the in the chat conversation, and I don't know if you saw it or not, but I didn't mention it to you because I wanted you to just to naturally find it. Did you find it? Oh, Kikopa, Kikopa. <laughs> so. So we got, I just, I'm just going to read the whole conversation that I had with um, Mosea, Mosea, that's the name of the account that was messaging us. They say, hello. I say, hello. They say. This is also for the first time, the first time that we've had someone who isn't actually a listener sending us notes. Yeah. Which I, I'm surprised took this long, honestly. <laughs> yeah. They replied, Kikopa pick. K-E space K-O-P-A. It was two spaces. It's K-E, two spaces, K-O-P-A, pick. Kikopa pick. Yeah, Kikopa pick. And then prayer hand emojis. And I said, Kikopa pick indeed. Because that's the only response I had to that. And they sent me a very suave... Indian man picture. He has like he has like a poly D blowout. He has like the finger under the chin. He got a ring on and he has like a, a red collar and he's just looking fly. So they sent yep. me that and they say Kikopa pick. Prayer mm-hmm. hand emojis. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Thumbs up. And I was just like, I don't know where this is going. And, and like I'm trying to think of responses. They say hello. <laughs> Again. This this is it within minutes. Well, so that's that's how I find it, because I get a notification on Facebook that we get a new message and it just says like Mosea Mosea sends a message hello and I'm just like, Okay okay. Like I, I figure you're on top of it, but I'm also like, I don't know if this is new or what this is, but uh, yeah, yeah, okay. And I just go on there, and again, hello, hello, hello. They go hello after the end of the the picture thing. I say hello. You got any Kikopa pics? 
and they say hello. And I said, send me Kikopa pics. They say hello. So I Googled, I see, I wanted this to go further, but it didn't. But I have like a whole section in my phone now that are photos saved of pictures that say Kikopa on them somewhere. I don't know what this <laughs> means, but I started sending them Kikopa pics. So I have Well, picture. so I, I Googled it and I found that like, there's like an Indian television program where this is either like a character or an actor or something. But we also don't know if that's the same Kikopa. Yeah, I have no idea. But anyway, so I started sending them Kikopa pics. So I sent them a pic of a very suave looking man. With a tie mm-hmm. on and a little blade, like a little what is this, like a little vest going, and it says mm-hmm. Kikopa Hobua, and mm-hmm. I was hoping that this would suffice, but then they stopped responding to me, like I was a weirdo, and that's where my conversation ended. You should message them right now and just see if we get another message by the time we finish recording the intro. Just say hello and just see what happens. Send it now. Joe, our next email is from Wells Lamont. Subject line: B spills and Bocon. Okay, what is this? B spills, Brand Spillner. And, and B-O apostrophe C-O-N. Bo Connor. Brian O'Connor. Yep, B-O Con. Okay. Well says, end of Fast Five. If I'm betting all my heist money on roulette, it would be to bet on black, but I would also cover my ass and split zero and double zero like a smart gambler does, especially if I'm the homie who put everything on red to cancel the bet out. My yeah. beef, how good could the feeling be of already having 10 million of poof, now I have 20, compared to the suicidal feeling of I already have 10 million of poof, now I have zero. Winning is great, but losing is ten times worse than winning is great. Trust me, LOL. I know I agree with this, Wells, and this is specifically, and we've talked about that you might talk about you know, sports betting as well. This is specifically why I never gamble on my own team. I never bet money on my team because... You're a regular Pete Rose. Yeah, because if you win and you win, you're like, cool, we won, I'm happy. If... You lose and you lose, your team lost, and you lost money on it. That low is so much lower than the high you'll get if your team wins and you win money. Now, have you ever thought about, like, when the Steelers, for instance, were in the Super Bowl a couple times this this century? Yeah. I think you were maybe too young, and especially sports betting was not at a point where it is now. Yeah. But have you ever considered, I, I don't know, this might be not unethical, but just you might feel dirty, betting against them. So either way, you kind of I win. don't like bet, either... no, I don't bet anything on my team when it's... I don't bet for, against, I don't bet the spread, nothing. I don't want any bets on the game. The game will happen as it is. I will gamble on anything else, but I never bet on my team. I did play FanDuel this year for the Penguins, and I would crush. But FanDuel's like, you know, you pick, it's like fantasy one day. Daily fantasy. fantasy. Yeah, daily fantasy. So that, I, I don't really consider that. that that's like, no, you're not picking anybody to win, right? You're picking like who's going to score and stuff like that. Right. You pick both teams. So that didn't feel dirty like this. I'm going to talk about it on here, but you know, when we watched the Super Bowl this year, uh, we were, I was with a, a, a woman, my friend's friend. And she had never made sports bets before, and she proceeded to lose like $30 in about eight minutes on just like the dumbest bets I've ever <laughs> just. I was like, no, what do you, I'm like, what do you, oh, okay, all right. Enjoy like losing all that money. Like it was just like the dumbest bets. And plus, you know, the Super Bowl this year was terrible. The yeah. commercials are terrible. The game is terrible. I was yep. just like, this is all... I'm not enjoying any of this, but... Anyway, I digress. Wells' email goes on. To distract the room from foiling the master plan... Oh, this is he, his uh, his gut instincts question. I'd sing Waiting for Tonight by J-Lo, and I'd kill it. Waiting Side for note, Tonight! The Spanish version is so much better, it's beautiful. I think it's called Una Noche Mas. One More Night. Oh, I think I've heard that too. I don't think I have. I probably, I mean, like I know the beat, so like it probably sounds familiar, but I don't think I've listened to the Spanish version. Well, maybe you should. I will. Maybe you should. Maybe All I right. wells. Not only did Tim Allen get busted with you cocaine, you didn't miss my joke. Few... You just ignore the whole. Okay, fine. I I like it. You know, I was going to say something before as wells or something like that, but uh, I didn't. I thought I think we're better than that. Okay. 
I'm not. Not only did Tim Allen get busted with cocaine, but he got a few DUIs under his belt. Yeah, I think I read about the DUIs. They kind of like they they skimp over the cocaine charge, which was like the heavy. Like he was pushing weight, so maybe he just got you know swept under the rug or whatever because he snitched. Probably. You guys notice in Tokyo Drift, DK doesn't punch Sean at all until later in the movie. He had like three or four opportunities and three or four very good reasons to just tee off on him instead of crow hopping him and catering him like a bar mitzvah. <laughs> love it. He, he always gets his face close like enough a... to kiss him and at most pushes him or just stares at him while their noses touch. Also, DK's head is always angled lower than it should be to look straight across, but his eyes are still looking at Sean. It's like a head nod that he never brought back up. Yeah, he does have his chin down, right? He like looks at him with his chin down. like It's like a condescending glare, I think. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that. Well, it says, I forgot if you've covered this before, but a lot of people say the Fast and Furious franchise was based around Dom. I always thought it was the Brian O'Connor show. What do you all think? Oh, I think it's Brian's. I think it's Brian's show. Mm. I think that Dom might be the foundation, but story-wise for the movies... It's it's Brian's movies. They're so not here's the Dom. thing. They're not Dom's movies. Brian is the character, like, in, in, in a lot of movies, you know, movies start where, like, there's an already established world or whatever. Yeah. But there's a character that enters that world, and they're, like, our entry point. So in that in that case, it's absolutely Brian's world. The like, Brian's Dom and his crew and the Dom's family are already doing what they're doing, but we are now Brian through the eyes of Brian. We're seeing the first movie through the eyes of Brian, and he's the one who is experiencing this world. Brian's a through line, though, dude. I guess Dom is kind of in three, while he's definitely not in two. Brian's, like, the through... Like, he's the one in the movies the most. I think he gets most screen time. So I think the first, say, four movies, maybe? Yeah. Are Brian, even though he's not in three. I think from five, it sort of started to pivot. I mean, even if Paul Walker hadn't died, I think now the movies are, are Dom. I think that I, no, they're I more think about five, Dom. I think five, they're a team. They're a partnership. I think that's well, that's, why split I, that's, that's the pivot point. That's the pivot point. Like, yeah, it's they're not, 50, no, it's 50. Not just I can agree about with him this. anymore. Yeah, you're right. I can agree with this because I think by six, Dom is definitely the leader. Because then you know Letty comes back, and so now it's about Dom and Letty. And then seven is kind of again sort of a team thing, but also sort of trying to get Letty back on his side. Yeah. And then eight is obviously about Dom because he goes bad. Yeah. And then you know now Brian's not around anymore. I think it's, it definitely started as sort of Brian's franchise, but I think as the movies have evolved and sort of as Vin Diesel especially took more of creative control, I think it became more about Dom. Yeah, that's that's fair. And it now, and especially because Paul Walker's not in seven forward. It's definitely going to be about Dom from here yep. on out. Last thing is, I'm bullet noting you guys right now, but it's necessary for my laziness to complete this email. Anyway, can't wait till August 1st. It's going down. We have four cars going to drive in because I'm not going to smoke throughout this entire movie. I'm also watching it twice that night. So wait, so he's, and Shaw he's, not, he's not going to smoke during this entire movie? Or are you saying he needs to smoke? That's why he's going to the drive-in. He he's like he's not, not going to not smoke. smoke. I don't see know. It twice he's not going to smoke. I don't know. You got to see one of them stoned if you're going twice. Like at least watch the second one stoned, right? I don't know. Maybe that'd be my recommendation. I mean, like I'm not a big I'm not a big smoker anymore, so take that with a grain of salt. But I, I would definitely watch one of them stoned. Like especially yeah. like if you like already like if you watch the first one sober and then you went in the second one, you'd be like, oh shit, that happened. You know. <laughs> I remember this, but I'm high. I can also see wanting well, to see it twice, like sort of like you know mi- the, picking up the, the details that you missed the first time, and then the third time you go high. Okay, yeah, I don't know, but uh, that's confusing to me because it feels like the drive-in will be the best place to like go to, to like smoke. You know what I mean? Like you can't smoke in a theater, so it'd be like better sure. to smoke in a drive-in. Uh, I don't know. I'm confused. Well, Makes sense. Yeah. Next email from Nick Burris. Hey guys, couple things about four. One thing I do like for as a reboot, especially the audition race, because it was more realistic in the wheel stand Dom does in the Chevelle than the first in the Charger. Since the car doesn't sit in limbo, not showing, and then up and down. Which I think, is that like the 
the wheelie when he's yeah when he does a wheelie he, like when he throttles it yeah 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 okay yeah he says but it was iconic at what made it's what made it famous he says plus it shows the raw power of American muscle r r r as Tim Allen says <laughs> another Tim Allen email two in a row. Mm-hmm. Nick says, you mentioned old-style games and brought back memories of OutRun. Loved that game. He said, plus, it was Need for Speed fan when Carbon came out because it introduced muscle cars. And the two newest games is more of a GTA feel, the real map, and you roll with a crew kind of like in the movie itself. Wow. I like that. I like that idea. I've played a good amount of Need for Speed in my day. Played other games more, but I, I'm a fan of Need for Speed for sure. Yeah. I love Driver San Francisco. It was a real feel with actual real cars, plus a little bonus. They had movie scenes that I can recreate like Bullet, Bullet. And Ooh. Vanishing Point. Don't remember if Fast and Furious was represented, but it's still cool. It should have been, if it wasn't. One thing I noticed when I saw 4, that Dom crashes his charger that Letty put back together in the mountain when he jumps to the F-bomb Camaro, he says, which is a real 8-second drag car. Well, we'll get there. Uh, but at the end, they have a similar charger. It's like they have another one in the back of the house. So one more thing, and this is something we're going to correct in the Fast and Furious minute. I, re- I realized this this time around for the newest minute that, we, that we're going to talk about in a little bit. He says that Leon is in Dom's crew and Lance is Johnny Tran's brother. You know why we were mixing it up, or why I was mixing it up for sure. Yeah, you were my lifespan. Yeah, exactly, because yeah. I'm, I'm hung up on um, Lunar She-Wolf's fan fiction, because mm-hmm. she talks about Lance a lot, because Lance is part of her story, so... Yeah. yeah. Plus, also, like I feel like Leon is not a big character at all. And, like If you Google him, because I was trying to figure out who the actor was who played him, yeah. and Everything you Google about him is just like, where did he go? Is his character still alive? Where is he in the Fast and Furious? So, like, people, like, his, basically his most noteworthy Dude. attribute is that he disappeared. What if he comes back in nine? I would love it. He's like, comes out of nowhere, and you're like, is that fucking Leon? People be like, who's Leon? Be like, oh, you don't, you don't even know. Kids these days. Nick says, anyways, keep doing what you do. I got nothing but time, Nick. Well, yeah. thank you, Nick, for writing in. Thanks for the correction. We will do better. We will be better. But also, I hope you are enjoying our yeah. You Are My Lifespan, because that's the, uh, and if the, you're the not, most important story that for, we're talking about. For any reason you di- you skipped those ones, just go give them a listen. They're so fucking good. And it's going to get worse. I mean, it's going to get better. It's going to get weirder. We can say that. It's, it's definitely, there's going to be a lot of clamming. And I have not read ahead, but I'm just assuming that it can't not get weirder, so. There's some, there's going to be some good old fucking soon. Last two emails are from Wes. The The second one he sends is sort of like a little addendum. He sends a link from L.com, okay. which is analyzing the series through the seven types of narrative conflict. He says, not totally illuminating, but a fun, quick read. So I'm going to put this in here. Uh, maybe we could put this on the site or on Facebook doc- or Facebook and Twitter and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But that was the a little addendum from Wes. Okay, so Wes writes, Fast Five, what up, fam? So I hope I haven't already missed the new episode. Wes, you have not. You are in plenty of time. Yeah. I was off most of last week and I never found time to sit down and write. It's all right, though. This will be quick, so it'll keep until next episode. Plus, so you had a few car pictures saved up, so I won't send any this time, which, as you listen to the end, uh, at the end of the episode, uh, we did the one pick that Nick, that Nick sent in. Uh, but we still didn't get to yours. So we still have one in, in the chamber, yeah. um, if you will. So yeah. you don't have to send another one in. I mean, if you want to send a new one in, anybody, please, by all means, email family at cageclub.me. Yeah, yeah. But we'll, play, we'll keep playing the game. He says, Christian was a fun guest. I like that he brought such a wide range of things to the table to discuss. And he got Twinkie in the character game, which is amazing. Yes. Wait till the end of this episode. Uh, Kyle gets a great character as well. An- another new character. No spoilers, but another new character. Yeah. He says, I kind of wondered if Twinkie would ever show up for anyone, but it's been a pretty good distribution so far. We I are think so. Yeah, we, were, by we were saying this, like, we eventually got somebody to, you know, give us the percentages of, of the characters and stuff like that. It's kind of dismal because there's 20 of them, like 5%, right? Isn't that like what you should get? It should be. And like our original goal, and I think we might have talked about this, is that we wanted some people like Dom and Brian to be like in the a little bit higher. eight to ten percent range. Yeah. We wanted everybody to have like say at least three or four. 
Some are a little bit less than that, but there's a lot are in that five range. We've been getting good distributions and people aren't answering the questions. We didn't want to sacrifice the questions to balance out the distrib- distribution, right? Yep. So like I want it to still feel natural and like I want people to answer real answers of what they would say and get a character that they would get. So far they've all nailed it and Wes's like character descriptions are hilarious and everybody's always surprised by them and I love it. So Yep. But again I'm I'm not hundred percent sure I thought about this last night. I think I think we gave Wes a shout out but again at the end No I think we did. Wes is the one who writes all or who wrote all of the character descriptions. So thank you Wes. Shout out Wes. Wes's email goes on I think Joe too gets top billing because Joe and Joey Flows better than Joey and Joe. Well, maybe, maybe not. It looks better that way too, and I look better that way. It goes in top. I get top billing and handsomeness. Well, behind every great man is a great woman, (laughs) right? So (laughs) doesn't mean anything. Just it's the first thing I thought of. He says, but I might be a little biased. I don't know why you'd be biased, but I guess fuck you. I I don't know. No, he's saying he's saying biased of the words. That had nothing to do with like people. I I know how Wes meant that. Oh he no, meant... I know, but I just, still, you know, I I you know, my name is my name. Uh, anyway, <laughs> here's something you might not have known about me and might be surprised to hear. Back in junior high and high school, my two best friends and I were juggalos. Oh boy. No, he told us. I, he mentioned he was. He mentioned being a, in the juggalo family before to us. Did he? He, okay. he either sent us a message about it or something. Like, yeah, we, we talked about it. Or maybe he sent it just to me. I don't know. He says, we can talk about it more off-pod if you're interested. Suffice it to say we've all moved on, but still think about that time fondly and have nothing bad to say about the community. I want to go to Gathering so bad. I, I beg Rachel every year to take me to ga- the Gathering of the Juggalos. I want to go so... I'm not a Juggalo. I was never a huge ICP fan. I'm fascinated by the culture in a fun, accepting way, much like we do about these movies. Like, I just want to go experience it because I think it would be a blast. I might have talked about it either on this podcast or a different show or maybe just to you in general. There was a book that a guy who used to write at The Onion, I don't know if he still writes for The Onion or not, but he wrote a book called You Don't Know Me But You Don't Like Me, and it's about him spending an entire summer or a year or whatever going to uh, ICP shows and also going to fish shows because they're two bands that are like yeah. really divisive Polarizing, that yeah. people hate even though they don't give a shot to. They're like, oh, I don't want to be I don't want to be associated with like a jam band or, you know, these crazy clown people or whatever. You I know really, what I, mean? I really am not a fish fan at all. It's something that I could never get into. But ICP and Juggalos, I'm down. I'll go party with those guys. But the whole book is like just how he sort of, you know, just became part of both those communities and wound up, like, really getting into both of them, what he learned, and then by the end, like, when he was like, okay, I'm supposed to, like, stop going to shows now, he's like, I still kind of want to go to shows, and his girlfriend was like, uh, you know, we're, we're going to stop doing this, right? And she was <laughs> like, no, I, basically, this is who I am now. And it's like, I'm, well... I am now this fish juggalo, and that's yeah. who I am now. Wes says, the reason this is relevant is that around the same time we were listening to ICP, they started a new group with other members of their label using new names that was half parody of, half love letter to the gangster rap genre called Psychopathic Riders. So this is actually kind of brilliant and hilarious. The conceit of this group was that they were so gangster they just stole all their beats from other artists. So, <laughs> That's and this is funny. a story that got told to the fans, you can decide how true it is for yourself, ICP created a new label specifically for these legally questionable releases called Joe and Joey Records. Oh, there we go. Ah. Because it's owned by Violent J, Joe Bruce, and Shaggy Too Dope, Joey Utzler, Utzler, of ICP. So there you go. That's why, to me, you are Joe and Joey. So I take back the fuck you, Wes. Now I understand what you meant. Yeah. But I still want top billing. No, that's that's really cool, though. I didn't know that it was so weird. We're just... And we are two clowns, too. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. Magnets. How do they work? Joe, I have to say I'm a little surprised to hear you're a real big Fish fan, but believe it or not, aside from listening to ICP when I was younger, I was also big in the ska. I love ska. I'm a huge ska fan, yeah. I even did a series of papers on ska in a college English class. It was a lot of fun and really interesting learning about the history and cultural impact of it. 
kind of fell off last year, but the few years on Twitter I've celebrated Ska August, S K August, <laughs> Ska August, okay. and posted a new song each day for the month of August. My love of Ska has clearly outlasted my love of ICP, and I'm still a big fan of the genre in all of its iterations. It's so much fun. I think it's one of the most most fun musical genres. Like I've said before, I don't think you can be unhappy listening to Ska. Like there's, I guess there is like maybe sad Ska songs, but like it's just generally so much fun. And the crowds, like now, if Wes is mentioning this, but he hasn't, maybe he hasn't gone to a Ska show recently. It's all still people our age, so like the crowds are so tame and so friendly. They might have a dance circle, but like. Nobody's, like, pushing anybody. People move out of the way. People say, excuse me. It's, like, the complete opposite of, like, what a metal show would be, right? Like, nobody's, like, angry there, so. I think, you know, I I know that you said this, but I also think that uh, Greg Barrett, I think think it's him, the comedian, has said you can't be angry when you're skanking. Like, there's no way to be angry when you're skanking. Absolutely not. Yep. You can't can't be angry when you're skanking. So I don't think it's weird that this would be people's favorite podcast it's definitely up there for me oh and you. not just because i've inserted myself into it which is very true like <laughs> how, how can you love the thing more just you know take it over just be just become <laughs> just, a part of it yeah just steer the direct we've had yeah burger conversations yeah he says you guys have a good chemistry and you talk about a bunch of fun movies in a fun way that isn't built on being negative about anything really it's sort of refreshing so good job that's our main goal that's I, that's joey's main goal He's he's the one who has that vision, and he says it all the time, that he just, like, hates how negative the internet is and just wants to be a place that we just have fun and we don't talk shit on stuff. We just keep it in a positive light. So right before we started recording this, I was listening to the newest episode of Freedom, which is a show that, uh, that for three people from Comedy Bang Bang, the host, Scott Aukerman, Paul F. Tompkins, and Lauren Lapkus, basically fan favorites, you know, my three favorites. Most people, like, they're, they're three favorites. They just have a separate show where they play games and stuff, but it's more just them kind of just talking to each other. On the episode that came out today, as we're recording this, Scott was talking about how he decided, I don't know how long ago, just to not say anything nasty on the internet. And he actually went back and deleted all of his tweets that were sort of snarky and asshole Okay. And so he just decided that, like, so many people are rushing to be the first person to be like, uh, sir, this is an Arby's joke or whatever. It just it feels like this weird kind of competition where people are rushing to be funny, but nobody's really being funny. They're just being snarky and everything. So I yes. thought it was really cool that, like, this, this person, you know, a person who gets paid to be a podcaster and be a comedian and be sort of a personality kind of has the same outlook. Like, you know, the Internet's a terrible place. We don't need more reasons for it to be terrible. Yes. And if you don't like something, what is sending a nasty tweet about it going to do? It might make you feel better, but also, you know, if that person sees it or whatever, like it's kind of a bummer. Like the this person is something makes it. we we had this we had this conversation before. We like a lot of music, and a lot of our friends would like tweet at like artists, like musicians and stuff, and be like, "Your album sucked," and we're like, "Why do you have to like? You know that they can see this. Like whether or not they respond to you, like." Why are you shitting on it? And Twitter and Facebook makes it so easy to, like, yep. directly attack someone. Yep. And, like, I agree, and I have I try not to, like, shit on artists. Like, Comcast can go fuck themselves, and I'll tell them they can go fuck themselves on Twitter every other day because they're a piece of shit. But that's Comcast. Like, nobody, even the people that work at Comcast are reading the tweet like, yeah, we agree. You know what I mean? Like, Comcast isn't a person that I'm attacking that, like, put their heart and soul into giving you internet at an overpriced rate. You know what I mean? So... But yeah, like, you know, we just, one of the episodes of Gosling we just recorded, we talked about it a lot in terms of, like, this actual, this discussion was we talked about Fracture, which is a movie that could have been good, could have been fun, but wasn't. And I felt bad. It's still a movie that I enjoy parts of, and I think that Ryan Gosling's great and everything like that, but it's just... I liked it. I still liked it. What's the point? Like, what do I get out of it other than just sort of venting? Bad movie podcasts can be fun, but at the same time, it's like, well, when you are only exclusively talking about bad movies, 
when all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail, right? So you just sort yes. of like, oh, you're gonna go into this like thinking this also, is shitty. It makes me, it makes me emotionally and like mentally down because you start thinking about the world like this, right? Like if you yeah. keep doing that, like then I'm sitting at like in work and just like, oh, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks, and like. It's not fun. Wes says, Joey, I have to agree with you. Austin has a lot of great food, but good Italian isn't as easy to find here as other types of food are. Can't win them all, I guess. Yeah. You know, you always we're, know you can go. We're a little blessed here. Joe, I feel you in Gran Turismo 3. I generally go for the more arcade type racing games. He says, Midnight Club 3 Dub Edition. Ooh. And Need for Speed Underground are my all-time faves. But my brother, do we know that Wes had a brother? Brother Wes? No, brother. <laughs> no oh, but brother I Wes. like that you used the 90 Day Fiance colloquialisms. Oh, really? In another track show that I like, 90 Day Fiance, that one of the characters... Has someone done a parody 90 Day Beyonce? No, they haven't. It feels like, it feels like it, it it's should. right there. It should. But one of the character, one, No, one of the real people, but is this is all fucking fake. Um, <laughs> he, he calls his wife's family, Family Chantel, and he calls okay. her mother Chantel... And Father Chantel, like, instead of saying, like, Chantel's mom, because, you know, he's a native Spanish speaker, and, Mm -hmm. like, that's how it's laid out. For you to say Brother West made me really happy. Brother West, sorry, made me really happy. Brother Brother West. West. Yeah, Kanye. I was, you know, Brother West, Brother West. Wake up, Brother West, Brother West. But my brother bought me GT3 when it came out, and I played that game for hours and barely scratched the surface. It's incredible. So that's really where my love of third-gen RX-7 comes from. Ooh. So my main car in the earlier stages, then just a couple months later, I saw Dom driving one of the Fast and Furious, and that was it. You know what? Now that Wes brought this up, I wondered the interplay between, like, being the right age, Gran Turismo coming out, and Fast and Furious all being out, like, right around the same time had a huge influence on me too you know what i mean sure. like it was like yeah. a perfect mixture at the time that's a very good point i didn't like put together that they were probably right around the same time because yeah because we talked about the playstation 2 coming out in what 2001 right Which yeah is the same year that past fears came out so it had to be like right around the same fucking right time. wheelhouse yeah well says, i think we'll have to agree to disagree on how dom and letty's relationship is portrayed in the earlier movies an open relationship seems like an odd choice to me but even if that was the case, Letty's never shown even looking at another guy. She's always just trying to reel Dom in, so it's pretty one-sided. Cassie's suggestion that they've been traveling together this whole time between 1 and 4 is new to me, but I'm not real familiar with a lot of fan theories. It's definitely possible. I just always got the impression from Los Bandoleros that they hadn't seen each other in a long time. Yeah, I did That would certainly like that. give a different feeling to their scenes. Yeah. I know where you're coming from in terms of the open relationship, but I also think that just, you know, I think it's more sort of pure it seems like they're meant for each other you know what i mean why are you why are you not woke enough to understand that maybe dom can have an open relationship and still love letty that's very small-minded of you <sighs> woosa <laughs> in the fast and furious minute you mentioned the magazine brian's reading i could have sworn up and down that in the limelight article they showed briefly was actually an article about his green eclipse but now i feel crazy well, the story I thought I heard about was that this Eclipse, like several of the other cars in the movie, was a real-world, well-known car, sort of a car oh. cameo, and that article was a little oh. Easter egg for people in the community. Not sure why I heard that, but I can't imagine how I would have made that up on my own. Maybe someone said that it was supposed to be a nod to his lime green car, and I just completed it in my head. After doing some digging, I think I found a copy of the article online. Because he it did? from an August 2000 issue of Super Street Magazine, and it's about a custom-built 95. Did he send it? Maybe. Uh, yeah, yes, I do. Yeah, I have it. I have it. Can have you it. link? Okay, cool, because we were looking for the article. Hopefully that's it. Yeah. Honda Del Sol, written by Susie Chang. Here's a link in the limelight. That's awesome. No, because I searched for this, too. Thank you, Wes. So did I. I thought I was pretty good at internets, but, you know, maybe not. Same. Wes closes email saying, that's it for this episode. Maybe not as quick as I had planned, but I hope I provided you with some interesting information 
Until next time, stay furious, Wes. Well, I think you did, Wes. I think we, you know, we learned about Brother Wes. Brother Wes. We learned about this article. It's all good stuff. Thank you for writing in. Thank you, everybody, for writing in. Seriously, and this article is awesome. I'm going to go through and add um, some stuff to the minute from this. This is very, very cool. cool. Uh, damn, I was, like, fucking looking for this, too. I don't know how we fucked it up, but it's from August 1st, 2000. It has to be this, right? One of a kind, yep. Del Sol. It has to yep. be this article. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Wes. Thank you. And a little tidbit on that. We'll talk about it in the minute, but... I've gone back in. There's been a lot of articles and videos floating around, and the guy who sourced who sourced all the cars for the first two Fast and Furious has been putting. He has like his own website. It's called like I think it's called FastandFuriousFacts.com, and he has been putting out videos. And I've been watching all the videos that are awesome. I'll talk about it more in a minute. I have some news too. Cool, Joe. Let's talk about on the streets. We've got big news, which I'm yes. sure that we you know we shared on Facebook and on Twitter. Yeah. But the big news. This is. Again, it seems almost like it's something that we shouldn't like, but it makes us both very happy. Charlize Theron coming back to Fast 9. Yeah, she's coming back for 9. So, so you know, we had talked about this, and we said, hopefully, we obviously don't like Charlize in 8. We think that her character was just, like, a little bland, and it, like maybe it was the writing, maybe something like that. If she can come back in 9 and redeem herself, I think yep. we could have another 4 situation in our hands. Maybe you see it, maybe you're like, oh, this isn't really great, you don't really know where it's going. 4 is the first time we got Gal. 4 is when we see Han still alive. Before we get the family back together so maybe nine can make us be like oh shit Charlize was doing this we didn't even catch that you know what i mean there's like a whole bunch of easter eggs that we didn't even know about so i'm excited for it also returning same news story helen mirren coming back which i think is very strange because she plays mother shaw shaw mother mother shaw yeah what's weird is that shaw is not in it so maybe we don't have confirmation shaw's not in it we know the rock's not in it it's true but i also feel like maybe i just sort of assumed but yeah i don't know maybe maybe this means that jason Statham's in it maybe all the shaws are back i don't know who knows yeah who but I knows? That's, that's sort of a weirder based on i guess what i was sort of assuming and maybe we don't know i mean this is you know it's coming out next year next may yeah so very excited plenty about that of time to make wild accusations about it <laughs> Is there anything else? Oh, we have. So they put out the Japanese. This is incredible. I showed it to poster. my Japanese coworker the other day too. And so my friend who lived in Japan for a while, who will probably be on this podcast at some point, he translated it because it's called Super Combo. Like Hobbs and Shaw, it's like Super Combo. <laughs> it's just uh, if you didn't on our Facebook or Twitter, go find it because it's incredible. But yeah, they just call Hobbs and Shaw Super Combo, which is a great name. But it's... there's Japanese writing as well. Yes. And so the Japanese writing, Wild Speed colon Super Combo. Wild Speed. I wonder if the Fast and Furious is just called Wild Speed in Japan. It might, because, you know, Wild, Furious, Speed, Fast. Makes sense. Yeah. That tracks. Yeah, that does, right? Any other news that we've seen, you know, that we we've have mentioned, uh, caught window? We've already mentioned that Jordan and Brewster got reannounced for nine, right? I think so. We talked about that uh, in the second half of this episode, too. But yeah, she's officially coming back. You know, they started shooting. I don't know if they started uh, started shooting when we recorded the last episode, but, you know, Vin Diesel's posting daily or almost daily video updates. You know, that's how he announced yeah. that Charlie's and Helen Mirren are back. You know, John Cena's there. Everybody's excited for John Cena to be on set. Yep. Jordan and Brewster's back. You know, Michelle Rodriguez looks so happy to be together. They like, do. I really feel like it's going to be, I mean, obviously we hope it's, uh, they're all going to be good, but uh, I think this is going to be a good one. Yeah, I think so too. I'm excited. All right, Joe, I'm going to go to Google and I'm going to search The Rock President to see if The Rock is running for president and no news. Mm. I'm going to search Dwayne Johnson President, see if he's running for president. No, but the top thing says, please, someone introduce Dwayne Johnson to better directors, which... Why? How? He's in Jumanji and that person is making a hot take 
and I yes. don't like their negativity. I think a lot of it is that he just likes to work. Like, he's kind of Nicolas Cage in that way, right? But he's, he's more... I feel like he doesn't get the shit for it. Like, Nicolas Cage is like, oh, look at all these terrible movies he's in or whatever. The Rock is in as many sort of, you know, not great movies, but he's just a superstar, right? So, like, I feel like... He's a superstar, and he, when you need a gigantic man who's charismatic, who else are you going to call right now? I guess it's him, or maybe, you know, John Cena seems to be, like, option two, but he's not... Dave Batista, who else are these guys? Yeah, it's like The Rock like is top tier, obviously. Yep. And then yep. you got like maybe Dave Batista, maybe John Cena, and that's all I can think of right now. Like and Vin Diesel's not gonna do it because he's like in Fast and the Furious, so like he's like done with like, you know, these other things. Hot take but that guy can go fuck themselves. All right, Joe, new lap observations. Oh. Uh, you know, we obviously talked about the yeah. movie at length last night. I have a couple things we didn't get to. I got one big one. So I'll do a little one first, and you do your big one, then I'll do the other one I have. Well, mine's so... actually a really small one, but I just... <laughs> go ahead. So when they're on the train... Yes. ...in the beginning of the movie, and yes. it's uh, Mia and Brian, and they're yes. about to steal the cars. Yeah. Mia is thumbing through that magazine, and she's like, Tokyo, Moscow, Goa, you know all these places have in common, no extradition. Yep. And I was like, you know, they've gone to Tokyo, They've gone to Moscow. Is Goa? Could they go to India? Ooh, weren't they? No, they were in. They were in Dubai. Yep. Or Abu Dhabi. Also, which so one? here's another thing that's a little bit weird that I never placed to, that I never pieced together. So at the end of this movie, obviously, you know, you have Gal sitting on Han's lap. Yes, I, I definitely on Han's remember. Lap, and they're you know, yes. making out, and they're on the autobahn, and she's like, "Do you want to go to Tokyo?" He's like, "No, we'll get there eventually." And they're going to Berlin, right? Yep. Cut to the credits after Brian and Dom have their like, "You want to race one more time or whatever?" Yep. And they cut to the credits, and this is where Ava Mendez says to Hobbs, she's like, like this this car theft or whatever, this big, you know, robbery in Berlin. And I was just like, we've never really pieced together that Han is basically on his way to Berlin, but it's nothing to do with it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's Shaw's crew, but it's just weird Ooh. that he's going to the same city that it happened in. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's just like going on a date with Gal and just like shows up and Shaw's there. I never put that together either. That's a, that's a pretty good one. So what's your, what's your new lab observation? Because I got one more um, that I want to okay. ask you about. This is my real big one. Rico and Tego are going yep. to to do the ship bomb in the police station, right? When they walk into the bathroom, they put a caution wet floor sign down, but it's not an A-fold, and I don't know how this exists. Oh, like the, the upright thing, right? Like it's got a base and the, and yeah. the upright single in the middle. But it's not an A-fold one. In America, we only have ones that, like, fold out like a, like an easel, and he just walks and just sets one down. It doesn't fold. Like, he didn't even give it, like, the, like, the magician's shake. You know what I mean? Like, where, like, you have the A-fold, and you're just, like, click, and, like, a ladder, like, a step stool or something. He just, like, sets it straight down. It doesn't unfold. So I need to know if, in Brazil, they use caution wet floor signs that don't fold fold open. Well, Brazilian listeners, if you're out there, we got to ask Nana Lynch from uh, from our favorite film site. Oh, She's yeah. Brazilian. My other observation... Oh, actually, two things. So, number one, I was looking for when they go to the Brazilian race, right? Like, the scene where Dom's going to say, this is Brazil. But before yes. that, you know, when they steal the cars, and they have, like, the party scene, it's like the Solomena, 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 whatever that song, like, that really cool, like, thumping baseline song. Yeah. And it's, like, the party scene that, you know, we get in sort of every Fast and Furious movie, where it's just, like, look at these beautiful people, they're, you know, they're racing, they're yep. this, blah, blah, blah. Lots I was looking. Lots I did not see any women making out. Combo breaker. Oh, fuck. You're right. Do no women make out in this movie? God damn it, we've been tracking it, but I, I got distracted. We'll have to do a whole lap about this and just, you know, look for... We can the, do... Maybe we can do that in the uh, in the, the Nico and Kevo lap when we talk about inclusion. We can do the... Uh, are, is there a depiction of homosexuality in these movies? Yeah. The love of the furious. These are the days of our laps. Love it. Does that work? Sure. So that was one thing. But my other big thing is... At the end of the movie, right, you know, Hobbs... Or middle of the movie, middle, more, middle toward the end, Hobbs rests everybody in yes. the transport. They yep. get ambushed by Reyes' men. There's the rocket yep. launcher, right? 
Yep. Hobbs yells ambush. They get hit with the the rocket launcher. They go tumbling. Yep. They free them, and then sort of Hobbs is not necessarily on their side, but like not against them for a little bit. He's just like, you know, you saved my life. Blah blah blah. I have a question for you. So if you were driving a car and someone in the backseat just yells ambush. What would you do as a driver? Because it feels like this driver does nothing, which I think is probably, like, what I would do. It's it's menacing, but it's vague. The honest, realest answer I can give you is that I would turn the radio down because I can't hear. So they would yell ambush, and I'd be like, what the fuck did you just say? And turn the radio down. That's the first thing I would do. But you actually, and this is a little peek behind the curtain, you usually keep the radio kind of low. I do, because I can't hear. Because you keep, so here. So here's 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 a, a look, the mind of, of Joe 2. He plays this, like, when we watch TV... It's an uncomfortably loud volume. I cannot, <laughs> I cannot tolerate it. Like either when you're watching TV or you're in the kitchen cooking or whatever, I can't deal with it. But then we're in the car and I have it like a, at a normal sort of like listening volume. And you just like turn it down. Not the same thing. You just like turn it down. I'm just like I it just you know it's it's a weird dichotomy. Like I understand so, okay. why. So I can hear music. Like I'm very good at picking up what song is playing at low volumes. Well, because you can feel that perfect BPM. Yeah, at 128 beats per minute. I cannot m- distinguish people talking over like a mid to large volume so like when i'm watching tv like i don't really need need to hear anyone talk so i turn it okay. down but like if i'm in the car and usually in the car like i want to like bullshit if like if the volume's loud in the car then i feel like and, and i also know that i yell to begin with mm-hmm. so like i know that if the volume's loud i'm gonna try to talk over it in my head and i'm just gonna be like yelling in the car Gotcha. Yeah. That's my that's my reasoning. But yes, I do listen to the car volume very very low, even yeah. if I'm in the car by myself. And because I also like to hear the outside sounds again, because I can't hear. So like like if I hear like an ambulance or something, there's many times like I won't hear an ambulance until it's like right behind me. Where if I have the radio loud, then I don't hear it until it's like literally right behind me, and I'm like, oh shit, I need to get out of the way right now. So gotcha. Yep. It's like more of a safety thing too. So someone yelled ambush, you would just be like, wait, what? And yeah, then not turn out it'd be too, too late. Yeah, and then we'd already be dead. All right, Joe, before we get to the Fast and Furious minute, we have one more thing to do. We have to take a walk down memory chain. The chain gang, our necklace watch. Oh, this is okay. the first movie where the chain is a real significant symbol, right? Like, this is like the this necklace means something. We notice it. Yeah, exactly. So we, we remember the last Start movie out. ended with Brian driving Dom's charger to save Dom, or to rescue Dom from the, the... to break him out of the prison bus, right? Yes. And he's got the necklace around his rear view. They yes. bring it to Dom. And then for the most part, and we're going we're gonna to track it, it goes here and there. For the most part, it's around... It's very prominently around Dom's neck for most of this movie. For, mo- for like, the, the beginning half. And then, like, the, the last third. There's a part between the middle... And the last third that he, like, doesn't wear it at all. And I'm like, what the fuck? So we got the necklace around his neck or in the car, right? And then Dom has a necklace on. Then on the train, Dom puts the the neck. Dom has a necklace on the train. But then when he gets captured, he's not wearing the necklace. There's there's one of two things. Either it's in his pocket or he has it under his shirt. But it doesn't look like we even see a chain around his neck. Yeah, maybe he put it in his pocket when he jumps into the river because he knew he was jumping he didn't want to like lose it mid-jump do you think it's more like i don't i don't have an answer to this do you think it's more likely that you would lose a necklace that it falls out of your pocket or that it comes unloose unmoored from around your neck i think the size of that chain and the free fall that they were about to go through it would be way easier to lose it off your neck okay than it would be out of your 
pocket because you're gonna hit the water too and like and it's gonna like splash up you know what i mean like the impact call o'connor yeah i think that if you tucked it in your pocket it's not like he has jeans on right so it's not gonna come out of a jeans pocket yeah okay we actually need to watch the jump again and see if he's wearing the chain in the jump and maybe that's why he doesn't break like that's why they crash because he's so focused on like not losing the necklace exactly slamming the brakes or trying to hook a hard right he's like oh i gotta take this chain off so then there's the, the there's the change of hands yes and this is where there's the three-way showdown between Hobbs's men and Reyes's men and the family. Yes. Hold on, can I, I'm gonna, I want to rewatch this scene just to see if he's if he has it in the jump. Yeah, he's wearing it in the car here. And oh, no, he's wearing it as they go into the water. And the chain jumps up cr- crazy high. Yeah, cuz he jumps out of the car. Oh, and the they don't have it on the stunt jumper. Those are the little details you find when you watch this movie this obsessively about for one specific thing. Yeah, so he has it when Dom is jumping out of the car he like kind of does like a jump out the chain goes way like up to his nose as he's jumping and then it cuts to like a side shot and the guy who's like doing the stunt is not wearing a chain huh okay so he must have landed the water like saw they were gonna capture and put it in his pocket for safekeeping i guess maybe that we don't know but because then he has it on but then when you know Reyes's men show up and Hobbs's men show up and he's squaring off with elena in the in the alleyway we see it around his neck and it's like firmly there then as he runs away, Elena looks down and sees it on the ground. So here, yes. here's a hot take. He took it off on purpose so he could find her again? Maybe he took it off and threw it on the ground to distract her. Like, hey, she might like But we don't see that happen. Thing. Yeah. That's, that's mean. What? Hey, lady, look at this shiny thing. Like, she's a cat. I mean, like, people throw chairs behind them as they run, too. Like, he didn't have a chair. You know what I mean? Like, you'd be yeah. like, hey, shit, what's that on the ground? Like, she could have thought it was his gun or something. Who knows? You know what I mean? Like, it's a shiny yeah, distracting maybe. thing. I wasn't saying it because she's a woman. I was just saying it's a shiny, distracting thing. I get it. I don't know what to, to what end, but it feels like he must have taken it off on purpose, maybe to see if she's trustworthy. Like, he wanted to sort of, like, have a reason to go back. Like, uh, in so in Blue Gossentine, God's yeah. Valentine, yeah. remember he wants to find Michelle Williams again, so he, he wants a reason to go to that nursing home again, so he finds Walter's necklace and he goes and brings it to yeah. there. So, like, maybe... Dom is looking for a reason to meet up with Elena again to see, like, I think she's not bad or whatever. Like, maybe she, he sees in her... He sees bad in her, right? Because he is bad. He can't see good in her. The Rock Ooh. sees good in her. He sees bad in her. He thinks he can break bad on her. Like, he can well, get Maybe her to he just bad. has a crush on her because, yeah, maybe obviously, they're cute. about to be in a relationship, right? So... Yeah. But it seems like he must take it off on purpose and then he's not doesn't have it for a while because he leaves on the ground and then we see when they go to that you know that that confrontation scene that this is brazil scene that's when she's wearing it yes oh like very few people actually wear the necklace like people have it very few people wear it i think it might just be dom letty and elena yeah i think that's the three i think that's the only three that wear it so that's that's a that's an important change of custody well we need to get through the rest of the lap chain of custody the chain of custody but yeah so then he, he goes to her house and takes it back does he like he snatches it off of her too he breaks it yeah. Like he breaks the clasp. He's like, I'll... just takes it. And she doesn't understand why, you know, they have that interaction. Like, you came all this way for, like, a $20 piece of... And he's like, it's not it's not about the necklace or whatever, right? Like, it's... Yeah. It's more than that. So why would he have left it for her to go back and steal it back from her? I think he just wants a reason to see her again. You know, like, oh, I left my sweater at your house during the party. Can you mind the if George I come over Stanza, and get it? When you leave, you have to leave something behind. The leave behind. I haven't watched Seinfeld. I know, but it's a classic Seinfeld moment. If you did, all these things would make sense. Dom's got the necklace back the, most of the entire movie. 
a very prominent necklace. I mean, he's got it for the rest of the movie, but, you know, it's it's the big change of custody, the chain of command, chain of custody. That's the most memorable sort of thing. I mean, that's, that's the whole sort of reason for that entire scene in the middle, right? Yeah. Him even kind of, like, her finding it on the ground, that's really passive. But, like, her wearing it is, like, a very pivotal part of the movie. It comes right next to the, this is Brazil. That's it. Then we know I he has to go why back she, and why would she? Why would she wear it? Why do you think she wears it? I don't know. But then she, and then she dogs on it, too. It's not like, oh, I found this dope chain. It's worth so much money. Maybe she wears it as, like, a, as a signal to him that she likes him. Ooh. Like, so we don't know why he doesn't have it. I, I think that's up for grabs still. But I okay. do think that she puts it on and wears it, knowing that they're hunting him, so that when he sees it, it's a quiet signal that we're on the same team. So when we have Ilsa Pataki on the show eventually, when we interview her, we can yes. we can we can talk about that, and we can also that also is going to kickstart our uh, best friendship with her and uh, Chris Hemsworth because they're yes, married. Please, obviously. So, uh, you know, we're, it's 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 only a matter of time. We're gonna be like, hey, let us let us let us woo you with our comprehensive and encyclopedic knowledge of these movies, of your character, of your necklace, answer this question, and then invite us over for dinner. Yeah, please. Seriously. Please. Just please. That's all. That's all we want. Just become best friends. Something light. That's all we want. Any other worth noting moments, necklace moments, before we move on to the Fast first. We got our first, like, full chain transfer situation going on. Yeah. We had thought that this was going to be such an important thing for every movie or most movies this lab, right? Yeah. This is really the first one where, like, something actually noteworthy happened, so I'm I'm glad it did. Same. All right, Joe, the Fast and Furious Minute, Minute 7. Talk to you, Jesse. Say you working, brother. It's your fuel, man. It's got a nasty hole. That's why you're unloading in third. I told you we'll start shit. That length in the injected pulse. Another millisecond, just two in the nose pound with your one nine. What's up with this fool? What is he, sandwich crazy? No, V. He ain't here for the food, Joe. Chill out, bro. He's just slinging parts for Harry, man. I know what he's slinging. He's trying to get in his pants, dog. What's up, guys? How you doing, Mia? How you living, girl? Hey! He's done. You want something to drink? So this one, what did you say this was? This is sort of like a, uh, a setup, a build-up moment, a build-up minute? This was this was a build-up minute. You said it, it's a good one. I don't think it's a good one because I know th- the couple previous ones and the next one is going to be really good. So, like, this one this one is definitely a lot of building for me. I do think, and again, you know, it's, it's sort of up for a little bit of debate. It's another pretty well self-contained minute, I think, because, like, basically the crew shows up and then the minute ends right as the confrontation between Vince... And Brian is about to begin. Yes. You see the crew. You hear them have some car speak. They walk into the thing. You see that they know Dom. And then you see Vince push the the sugar bowl at him. And you know that there's about to be a fight. Because it's, it's an aggressive push, right? Yeah. I broke down. I, I, I took a, a digital copy of this movie. And I, I split into minutes, which is what we're watching. But I went on the uh, 4K disc, and I want to see, like, where chapters sort of began or ended, because I feel like there could be, you know, I think, you know, whoever does these, I don't I don't know if it's the, I don't think it's the director, I don't think it's the editor, I think it's just somebody, yeah. who's, you know, just whatever. Yeah. It's kind of arbitrary, and it goes from 
you know, from movie to movie, just sort of with reckless abandon. But I was wondering where the chapter breaks are. And so the first chapter ends right around the three-minute mark. In minute three, so it ends after minute three, and that's minute three is the one where it's, it's the end of the first heist. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, right before we meet Brian, it's basically like, okay, this is the end of the first little story, and then that's it. But then this chapter, chapter two that we're in, goes until like somewhere like almost like between 10 and 11 minutes. Like we're still in the heart of this. This is now like... I bet it goes until until Brian drives back to Racer's Edge. It might be. I think it does, because I think the, the fight goes on for a while. Because yes. there's talking, there's Dom... And then he's like, get out of here, you know, and, and minute-wise, I think so. Yeah, so uh, Leon, not Lance, important to note, we said that, yeah, you know, Leon. They, they got that before. Leon gets out of his yellow skyline, you were right, Vince gets out of his blue Maxima, Jesse gets out of his white VW, Jesse checks into the hood of Vince's car, like you were saying, there's some t- car talk, they go inside, everyone's friendly to Mia and Dom, Vince sits down, aggressively slides of sugar at him. The important thing to know, Jesse is the first character in this world that has a name. Yes. Like, we were talking, you know, we don't know who this guy is, we don't know, you know, what the lines, we don't know, like, we know Toretto's Marketing Cafe, but we don't know that these are necessarily Toretto, right? Like, we, yeah. we you kind of assume, but the first character who is named, the first character who, like, someone says, hey, blank, Vince says Jesse, you know, check under my hood. This ain't working, brother. Do you have a favorite line? Um, I had to put on subtitles because the whole the fuel map it's a nasty hole that's why you're unloading in third is like real kind of inside baseball yeah my favorite line from from this one though is no V he ain't here for the food dog I love what's up with this fool what is he sandwich crazy that's a good that's a really good one too that two bit interchange right there is probably yeah what is he sandwich crazy that's a great one I guess you know I should have assumed this but I feel as sort of as weird as it sounds like I don't mean it to be like you know spiritual or corny or anything but like I feel closer to Leon like I care more about Leon as a character now than I ever have before either <laughs> intentionally or unintentionally he's like literally like the fifth banana right like he just got fine <laughs> yeah he doesn't have anything to do but here paying attention to what he's wearing to what car he's driving yep. to the line he says to the way he interacts with people like it's 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 kind of you know he's he's more of a character now and i'm sure people who have watched this movie hundreds of times already knew all this but someone who's only seen it you know five or six times yeah kind of a new sort of experience leon's cool man i don't know why he got like a wash out of fast and furious but we'll find out we're talking about we you know we got a lot of notes here on like what they're wearing and stuff like that do you want to go through this sure so yeah so uh vince is in the dark jeans he's got a red tank top over like a faded or yellow a shirt like a like a tank top like a wife beater yeah, it's a, lots of mesh tank tops and yep this. he's wearing a black leather wrist guard on his right wrist and he's got some tattoos and so joe you found some uh, info about the tattoos i found a couple articles about his tattoos and and people make claims on what he claims the tattoos are about but they have no references to them i linked to an article in the in the doc somebody claims that he told umsfc which i don't know what that is i tried to look it up it's is nothing maybe it's the u of m students for choice which is a thing on twitter maybe he says on his right arm, he has a Japanese dragon. It represents a mismatch of twisted memories from his youth and early manhood. Mm-hmm. And he says, but he has slain the dragon. He said the rest of his ink is Native American, and that represents part of his heritage. So the Thunderbird on his left arm that's like very Vince that we see in all the movies, that's why it's there. So it's it's actually not Vince. It's more Matt Schultz. It's the, it's the actor, not the character. Yeah, it's the actor that has these tattoos. These are real tattoos. Yep, because we see them later. It's it's the same. They're his tattoos. Yeah. And again, if you are a patron, and you have access to this document. You can check out the link there. You can also see uh, I, t- I took some screenshots 
of Vince's tattoos. I mean, you, I know you know what they look like, but if you want to take a look at them, um, yeah. I got a couple imager links up there for you. There, Jesse's wearing blue jeans. He's got a, Jesse's outfit is low key crazy. I don't know if you. I don't. I don't think I ever <laughs> paid attention. To as, you did as, it? as weird as it is. So he's got the blue it's jeans. So weird. Normal. He's got a sleeveless blue denim vest that only goes like down to about his belly button, and it's like cut and frayed at the bottom. He's got a red, black, and yellow beanie on the top. He's wearing sunglasses. Like he's just like he kind of looks like a, a, a maniac, like a madman. Yeah. I always think of him, he looks like the quintessential, like, raver, right? Yeah. He's like the low-key raver, like the raver that's not currently at a rave, but he could go to one at any minute. You know, he was he was reminding me, of the, the sunglasses remind me a little bit of, like, Morpheus in the Matrix, but also he kind of reminds me of, like, the guys, you know, in the beginning of the first Matrix, the, the group that comes to take Neo to the club, and, like, DeJour is there yes. to grab a tattoo. Like, he looks like he sort of fits in there. I just, you know, got Matrix on the brain, I guess, but yeah, he sort Maybe. of, he fits in this world, but he also feels like he fits into, like, just like a hardcore sort of druggy scene as well. Yeah. He listens to Fish. No, he definitely doesn't. He's you don't think so? All techno. All techno right now. All techno yes. all the time. And then we got Leon low-cut black tank top with lettering on it, which we can't read yet. Gray and white plaid short sleeve button-down shirt with the sleeves rolled up. Got a silver beaded chain or a braided chain around his neck. Toothpick in the mouth and a slightly styled but low-maintenance hair. <laughs> I saw that you wrote that. And I really liked it. So far, we have Jesse as a character. We now yes. know Mia's name. Don't know Vince's name, but we know it's V. Yeah. And we know Harry. We don't know who Harry is. We yes. still don't know Brian. We still don't know Dom. We don't know Leon. We don't know Vince's full name. We're six minutes, or this is the seventh minute. We still don't know a lot about these characters. So I know some car things. I know some car things, and I'm going to come back to what I was talking to Wes about. The guy who sourced all the cars for the first two Fast and the Furious movies, his name was Craig Lieberman. He has a really cool YouTube channel. I highly recommend you check it out. And the Facts of the Furious, his website. I linked in the document. I don't know what it is on Instagram. It's Craig Lieberman underscore 42. That's his Instagram name. He posts like a lot of cool like old Fast and the Furious pictures on there. If you have Instagram, go like Craig Lieberman. You'll find some other guys too. Craig Lieberman actually owned Vince's Blue 99 Maxima. That was his car. He also owned, I think, the Supra and Brian's... He It might have been, might have been Brian's Eclipse too. But okay. I need to look back on it. I, I added it to the other minute when we saw Brian's car. So this guy like crazy rich, or he just like he just puts his no. money into his cars? No, he was a car guy. He was just like a gearhead. Okay, like he wasn't crazy rich. He was a gearhead. He was like into like the tuner scene. I don't know. Like I'm still not really sure what he was like doing there, but he was in the tuner scene. Like I don't. I think he worked for like one of the parts companies. I, a lot of these guys like worked for one of like one of the parts companies or like had a garage or something. You know what I mean? Something like yep. this. The Eclipse was owned by some, by John Lapid. So he mentioned. I was watching some of his videos. He mentions who owns all the cars. Letty's red 240SX, that was owned by Helen Cho. Uh, Leon's yellow Skyline was owned by Motorex. It was actually owned by a guy that worked at Motorex at the time named Sean Morris. I couldn't find him. He has a really cool interview with Scott Sentra, who owned Jesse's Jetta. And it's like a 40-minute interview, and they talk a lot about the cars and about the movies and about how Scott didn't want the Jetta in a movie, but Fast and Furious offered them so much money for like having the cars in the movies, and they insured them completely and said, you know, we're not these are hero cars, we're not going to use them for stunts and stuff like that. And they promised him so much that he was like, I couldn't turn it down. Like oh, I didn't want to. The... Is that the car that Frankie Muniz bought? Yes, and he tells this whole story too in his video. I won't ruin it. And he tells the whole story about Frankie Muniz. Frankie Muniz came 
came to him when he was 15 and said, I want this car. I'll buy it when I turn 16. And he's like, yeah, sure, whatever. And like, he's like, I wasn't trying to sell it. Like, I just had it. And he called, like, his assistant called me when he was like, yeah, his birthday's in a week. Like, how, like let's wire this money over. And he said he delivered the car at his 16th birthday party and he took delivery there. And that was it. <laughs> Love like, it. I know you didn't make a note yet because we're still gonna, you know, we're gonna get to more of the cars in future minutes. But there's some yeah. uh, pretty aggressive decals and labels and logos on these cars too. Yeah, we're gonna get way better shots of the cars. So I haven't made a, a really solid effort to try to dig out all the the stickers because I know that we'll get them and there's there's tons of pictures online. So the first time we get to like the good like pictures of the cars, we'll I'll get all the stickers and stuff. Yep. So for signs and stuff that I noticed in this one, there wasn't a lot of numbers or letters in this one, right? It's a lot of characters, a lot of dialogue. This is more dialogue I think that we've had in this entire movie combined. Probably times two. You know, not that we're that crazy far into the movie, but there's not been a ton of dialogue yet. This is a yeah. good amount. They, they banter quickly. So I noticed some cool things. There's an upholstery store across the street behind them. Is there a name on that upholstery store or no? I, I couldn't make it out. I could okay. just see upholstery store. There is a name for it, but it's it's very, very hard to read. Second cool thing I noticed is you'd probably know this. I know you would know this just from being around here. When we were kids, they still do it now. Coca-Cola on the back of cans mm-hmm, mm-hmm. during the summertime usually puts a coupon for your local amusement park. They have deals with Six Flags and like a bunch of other places. And it looks like when we see the back of Brian's Coke can that he's drinking, that it has a Six Flags coupon on it. It was probably Six Flags Magic Mountain. And I think that's really cool because there's one in LA or like in California there. So so that I think that's really awesome. And then I saw that the sunglasses are three ninety nine plus tax, and that's a cheap ass price for sunglasses. So I mean, you know, you can you can still get them today, like the dollar store or five below or whatever. I, I'm still trying to figure. I guess you know we were talking about how expensive some of the the food items are. You know, last minute. Um, yeah. You know, maybe they get you in the door with the expensive food. They're like, hey, while you're here pick up a cheap pair of sunglasses. Maybe it's the other way around. Maybe the sunglasses are lost leaders and they just want you to eat here. Maybe. And then a couple music notes. The song The Team Arrives Get Busy by BT Ends and then the classic song Watch Your Back by Benny Cassette begins. And we're gonna, yeah, that's going to start the fight. That's going to continue into yeah Vince pushing Brian in a minute or two. We're going to get there very soon. I don't want to say that every minute is a good minute but I, I like my qualifications or my what I'm looking for in a minute I guess is that I'm looking for like sort of a self-contained story which I think this is, and I'm looking for sort of interesting character developments that maybe necessarily I haven't noticed before. Yeah. So in terms of those two things, I think this is a nice little minute. I think it was pretty good. I'm excited for the next one. Any other thoughts about... Oh, and I also want to tease. I don't, I don't remember what it is. I, I made a note of this, but the, the first line in the next minute is a great one. I don't remember what it is. I don't remember what it is either. But it's going to be a great one. Any other thoughts about the minute or, or sort of first lap observations or new lap observations for Fast Five before we take a break? hear another word from Bird's Eye Vegetables, and then bring in Brian and Kyle? Nope, not at all. We will be right back after these messages. Welcome back to Too Fast, Too Forever. This is some numbered episode. Fast Five. 39. 39. Episodes brought to you by Bird's Eye Vegetables. We know you like your dessert first, but we're going to give you those vegetables. Some companies have lofty goals to fight disease or feed the world or save the planet. At Bird's Eye, their ambition is humble. They just want people to eat more vegetables. Shout out, Bird's Eye. I want to thank Bird's Eye for being my favorite sponsor of all time because as our guests, plural, and Joe know... I have just been on a conference call for forever, cool. like literally forever, and I want nothing more in this world to continue pounding Coronas and talk about these movies. And eat vegetables. Talk about this movie <laughs> and eat my vegetables. Shout out 
bird's eye. With us tonight, as I said, two guests. Let's introduce first. Joe, you want to go with the new guest first or the returning champion? New guest first. With us tonight, the foodie films man himself, host of foodie films right here on the Cage Club Podcast Network, also co-host of the P.S. I Love Hoffman and P.S. I Still Love Hoffman podcast, Mr. Kyle Reinerfee. Hello, Kyle. Hello. How are you guys? Very well. Now, now, very well. Five Coronas in, very well. Also with us from our Lap 2 episode about Too Fast, Too Furious, you might recognize that voice from our Lap 3 episode about Tokyo Drift, or our crossover episode on Third Times of Charm, or our crossover episode <laughs> on High School Summer Party, or... The way you sing or is... <laughs> on is his or very two syllables or one syllable? Hey, 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 Or... Hey, people were talking over spoilers. when you said... High School Slumber Party. Say that again. Sorry. High School yeah, Slumber sorry, Party. Sorry. Iconic podcast here on the <laughs> network. Or as the co-host, once again, also of the PSI Love Hoffman, the PSI Still Love Hoffman podcast, you know him, you love him, Brian Rodriguez. Hello, Brian. Hello. Happy to be back. We teased you last episode as a returning all-star, so I hope you are up to the task making our listeners happy with your voice. I, I hope so. But, you know, I'm not the featured guest here. I've been on here before. I can't wait to hear what the foodie films man himself, Kyle Reinfried, has to say about this film. No, this is firmly yeah. a Kyle Reinfried track. You are the featured artist on the track. Ooh. You know, He is the uh, Don Omar of the Danza Kadura. <laughs> I'm okay with that. He's on that track. I'm just going to stand in the background and slowly eat chips like Han. That's oh, what I should I I I have know. a bag of chips and just hear a crunch every once in a while. Let's nice see who you end from. up being, Kyle. As long as they're bird's eye potatoes, I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> so now, Kyle, some of these questions, Brian, are going to be applied to you because there's some new questions that you've not answered there yet. Are. But we're going we're to go to Kyle first. So now, Kyle, you are here. To, we're talking about Fast Five tonight. The, the Really, the, the, the entry point that a lot of people, including myself, kicked off on the series. Have you seen, I think the answer is yes, have you seen all eight movies? Yes. I've only okay. seen three of them in theaters. Okay. That is the same as me. We're in the same boat there. Oh, wow. Now, right. no pressure here, but can you rank your eight movies from favorite to least favorite? I believe I can. <laughs> There's a little joke that, like, I might have given Kyle a heads up a that heads he up. would have to rank to rank the movie. Perfect. So he's. I have. This is not a joke that I've been on a conference call for two and a half hours. I don't know how this episode is going to go. I am just so happy to be here. So whatever happens, happens. No, I just gave him a heads up that he had to have to rank them. So heads like, up and, yeah. I just said, is there anything it's, as it's a first time beautiful. guess? Is there anything I should know? And I hope he said no, not at all. <laughs> I, that's why I said first, and I said, oh shit, wait, you probably want to rank the movies. Yeah. So. All right, Kyle. Brand new question that you were not you were not expecting to get asked. Rank the movies. <laughs> I'm just gonna say the numbers for them. Sure. You going up or down? I am going from favorite to least favorite. Okay. 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 Five, one, yep. three, seven, two, eight, six, four. Six is low. That's way low. I think it's the lowest six score we've ever gotten. So just to confirm, yeah, they killed Fast Five. True. The Fast and the Whoa, Furious. Spoiler. Oh my god. Tokyo Drift. <laughs> Furious Seven. Too Fast, Too Furious. Fate of the Furious. Fast and Furious 6, Fast and Furious. Is that right? Correct. There are some there that are like right in line with a lot of what people think. And then there are some, like Joe said, Fast and Furious 6, wildly low. I'm not a big fan of, uh, I mean, what's, what's the, the name of yeah, the, the series? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm a big fan. I don't know why I'm on. So what's what's the actor uh, actor's name that's the bad guy? Luke Evans. Luke Evans, yeah. Not a big fan of his. He's just very 
very plain to me. Like, I mean, obviously bringing in Jason Statham is really cool. Really looking forward to, like, Idris Elba. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't have to validate anything, brother. I just I know it. I like the other ones. You're totally fine. There's no wrong answers here. Yeah, as long down. as you like the yeah, movies and want to talk about or Not even like the movies. As long as you're willing to talk about the movies... That's the only answer we care about. Before we get into further into the series and to this movie, we've got some lightning round either or questions. All Kyle, you're going to answer. All, have you seen? As you've seen all eight, you're going to answer all eight or all these questions. Is Brian, trivia questions? Nah, it's like a personality quiz. Like a quiz. I've oh, referenced no. this multiple times, Kyle. Obviously, you don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> I give I give Foodie Films a shout out almost every episode. He this does. Is basically, gut instincts. This is not, there's no wrong answers. Okay. It's just whatever you think is right. Brian, you've answered about half of these. So when we get to ones you have not answered, I'll let you know. And I want to get both of your opinions. But Kyle, these are all for you. Okay. So from the very beginning, Kyle, are you more of a Brian or a Dom? Uh, Brian. Yes. Every question, because Kyle and Brian, if you do not realize from the fact that they host the podcast together, are friends in real life. They're very close. Yeah. So I want to know, We're Brian, lying next if to you... one another right now. <laughs> and we're cousins. It's a slumber party. I want to know, Brian, if you agree with his answers or don't. So okay. Kyle says Brian, and Brian, you say yes. No, I said yes because that's my name. But uh... <laughs> oh. If you disagree with one, let us know. How about that? <sighs> that's debatable. I don't know. That's tough. Yeah, yeah, I guess Brian. All right. The white boy-ness. <laughs> <laughs> is Dominic Toretto Italian? Yes, we think so. <laughs> is he, like, in this movie, he goes, Brazil! So we talk about, probably on, what, like, a third of the episodes, Joe, what ethnicity is, ethnicity-wise, and also what Dom is, ethnicity-wise. Because Mia has really good Portuguese in this in this one, too, and for her to be, like, a stay-at-home sister in California, I don't know where the fuck she learned how to speak Portuguese like that, but... All right, Kyle, are you more of a Mia or a Letty? Mia. Okay. If you don't answer this one... In a certain way, I will be stunned. Kyle, are you more of a Roman or a Tej? Roman? Yeah, that's that's the right answer. Because you hungry. <laughs> <laughs> God, God, I missed Brian's inflections. No, just because when I've had to break into a car as well, I've taken my t-shirt off and punched in the window. Did you? Of course. Did you really? Nice. No. God. Referencing fuck. a great film. I know, but I was hoping that you've done that before, too. I just want, I saw it mentally, and I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> now, Joe, I made an executive decision. I did not tell you this yet. Cool. I was going to tell you hours ago when we should have been recording, and we were not. I replaced the Are You Owen or Deckard Shaw with a new question. Good, because a lot of people don't, I don't know who I will Owen never is. remember. Yeah. <laughs> the new question... Are you more of a Hobbs or a Shaw? Ooh. Which is a much better question. Much better oh, Hobbs question. all the way. You're a Hobbs all the way. Brian, what are you? What am I? Hobbs or Shaw? This was a genius idea. I like it too. Good job. This is tough. You're definitely much more of a Shaw. Yeah. This is the right way to do it. Hobbs or Shaw? I, I am Kyle's a Shaw. A Hobbs. I Brian, am a who are Shaw. You? I don't want to be a Shaw, but I am. I'd rather be the Rock, but I'm a more of a Shaw. Now, Joe, too. Who are you? Huh. I gotta go, Shaw. I'm gonna right. pound you like a Cherokee drum. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not tough enough to like be the Rock ever. So, <laughs> but are you tough enough to be Jason Statham? Like, I feel like they're well, both, yeah, like they're both very yeah. tough. Both of them are tough, but I'm saying like Jason Statham is like funnier and like more sarcastic. Like the Rock is serious and tough. I can't. I can't do both. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say I'm also a Shaw because I like to hang out with kids on a Whoa. part-time basis. <laughs> on a part-time basis. <laughs> It was only creepy when you interrupted midway. <laughs> totally normal thing to say until you said "whoa." Then it, got it was weird. the perfect timing <laughs> for it. Great. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. You lo- that was some Shaw timing. Kyle, are you more of a fan of American Muscle 
or import cars. American Muscle. Love it. American Muscle. Kyle, you more of a fan of Coronas or Belgian Ales? Belgian Ales. Ooh. Not too common. Not too common. That's actually, that's maybe one of the more split ones, but, all right, this is a question for both of you. Are you more a racer? Like, if we're having a job, are you going to be more likely to be the one out on the streets, out pulling the job, or are you a designer? Are you the support? Are you back in HQ as Mia in this movie, guiding traffic as Tej in future movies, working with circuits or whatever he does? Are you more of a racer or a designer? Kyle first. I'd like to think racer, but I've never had experience with either of these, so I, I would just try to be as useful as possible. So if they need a racer, I- I'm-, I'm up for racing if they need someone. Oh, you're, you're pulling a jack-of-all-trades card? Yeah. <laughs> Brian, what about you? What are you? Are you more of a racer or a designer? Well, if you listen to my podcast, we just did both the new Spider-Mans, and I think I'm more of the guy in the chair. That's a cool job. Right. I like that job, too. Joe and I are both designers as well. We're not out. Like, as much tinkerer. as I think we both want to be out there, we're not. We're behind the scenes. Honestly, I don't think anyone who would like have podcasts would really be the racer, you know? I think yeah. I've said that before. <laughs> there's, a lot of, yeah. there's a lot of these answers that, like, if you have a podcast in which Except a lot of Joe people Rowan. on this... On this <laughs> show do you're not you're you're not a dom you're not a legend you're not <laughs> yeah. a racer yeah like, there are very clear things that you are not because you're like hey i want to talk into a headset for an hour a week like that's yeah there's a very clear delineation between like what you are and what you think you are we're all rabbits yeah <laughs> another question for both of you we go steal a hundred million dollars you guys are like this is a great idea we're going to macau we're going to monaco we're going to Abu Dhabi. We're going somewhere, and we're going to bet $10 million in roulette. Are you putting it on red, or are you putting it on black? Kyle, go first. Black. Why? It's just what I tend to bet on, and it That's fine. has served me well. Good. Yeah. Brian, what about you? Red, because Kyle put it on black. <laughs> <laughs> the bane of my existence. And it rolls zero. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It rolls green, yeah. <laughs> Now, later movies, think later movies, think Furious 7, Fast and Furious 6, the 6 and 7 movies. Are you more likely to drive a car, this is a question for both of you, are you more likely to drive a car into a plane like they do in Fast and Furious 6, the world's longest runway, trying to get it on as the plane is going, driving into the plane? Or are you more likely to jump out of a plane in a car? GPS guidance system, landing on a mountain, into a plane, out of a plane, thoughts, Kyle? Uh, Into a plane, better chances of survival. That is, I think GPS, that's kind of a... GPS a better, parachute, yeah. though. You got that GPS parachute on the way out. So. I just, I don't know. Yeah, fuck jumping out of a plane. Brian, what about you? Just just for the record, Joe picked into a plane. I picked out of a plane. Who do you side with? Into a plane. I'll never jump out of a plane. All right, I get it. Yeah. You know, you can't all be as daredevil as, as I am, so... Yeah, you risk that boy. The job. That is the that is the, uh, the the biggest joke of the episode. I can tell you that much right now. <laughs> Brian, you've already answered this question, Kyle. This is only for you, Kyle. Is the word oil one <laughs> syllable or two? One. Thank you. I disagree. You told me. No, wait, no, no, I no. I want two. I know. I know. <laughs> I and you just got excited about the answer. I was just letting you run with it. I want to see how far <laughs> oh, it would God. go. I want two. That's too many coronas <laughs> that I've had. <laughs> it, no, it's it's two. It's two. Oil. I'm from Jerry. Oil. 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 Question for both of you. Again, later movies, Fast and Furious 6, Fate of the Furious. If you had to choose how you wanted to die, would you rather die in a fiery explosion <laughs> or by drowning in icy water? Kyle? Oh my god. I don't want to answer this. Be, uh, being torn to pieces by a bear. No, Ooh, no. Torn to pieces by a bear. 
That doesn't eaten I'll, I'll by a bear, foodie films. <laughs> it's, uh, I would just start seeing Circle of Life as I'm being. <laughs> you make a joke, but we're going to get to a question like that very soon, so don't don't worry about that. But I will write down torn a piece by a bear. That's fine. That's a. I mean, if I had to answer, if just your two answers. No, no, no. I don't want to. Okay. I don't want to know your answer. Your answer okay. is torn to pieces by a bear. That's fine. Okay. That works. Brian, what about you? Some say the world will end in fire. Some say in ice. But from what I've tasted of desire, I hold with those who favor fire. But if I had to perish twice. I think I know enough of hate to say that for destruction, ice is also great and would suffice. Are you is, Robert Frost is, right now? I am. No, I, George R. R. Martin. I'm pulling out the Robert Frost. Or I could have done you a George song R. R. of ice and fire, a poem of ice and fire. So, Brian, who does Robert Frost favor in that? Are you fire or are you ice? I guess technically, at the beginning, he does favor fire, but I don't want to be burned. Give me the ice. At least I could be resurrected from ice. Yeah, they could save your brain, right? Something. I don't know. The Night King can just sort of, you know, whoop. <laughs> but then you could rise from the ashes like the Phoenix. Yeah. Ooh. A lot of, lot of Just like references. Sophie Turner. Yeah. Another Game of Thrones connection over in the X-Men verse. Check out Access <laughs> for Podcast. Your, this, this is where the question comes in. This is a question for both of you, so Brian, I want you to think too. Don't think, Brian. We are pulling a job. <laughs> Joe and I are pulling a job. We're like, we need you to be a distraction. I want you to sing a song to distract this room. Think about Infurious 7, Roman sings Happy Birthday, as Letty is fighting Ronda Rousey. What song are you singing, I guess acapella, to a room of people to distract them? Like, if we need you to be the distraction, sort of Give us a little bit, buy us a little bit of time. Good old fashioned Lover Boy by Queen. Nice. Oh, good choice. Great choice. That, or, I mean, I'm, I would stick with Queen, and if I could get like a whole wardrobe, I would go, um, I want to break free and drag. That's okay. awesome. I like yeah. that too. Yeah. Brian, what about you? I guess my go to karaoke's are Purple Rain. Okay. And, uh, Ooh, that's good. That is a good I one. I feel like, and I, I don't want to cut you off, but I feel like if you sing Purple Rain, that, that song is, a, like, I love that song. But as a long buildup, and I feel like acapella, you'd be like, "What are you? What are you doing? I don't want to cause you any sorrow." No, you could just come right in at the chorus, like "Purple," and everybody be like, "What yeah. the fuck is this kid doing?" No, I'm doing it from like the, the film "Purple Rain," and I'm gonna say, "I'd like to dedicate this to my father." No, at first he says, "This is a song the girls in the band wrote," and then he goes, "I'd like to dedicate this to my father." Then he goes in because then I think people are gonna start to pay attention. I don't okay. know if I've ever told any of you this. I think I maybe if, if anybody, it would have been Joe. But when I went to the Vikings home opener. In their new stadium, the halftime show was like this, like Minnesota gospel choir that did like a half, like a solid half hour of like Prince covers, and then singing "Purple Rain" in a crowded stadium, like dark with people's cell phones out, was like a transcendent experience. I can imagine. Like, it yeah, was dude, Prince is beautiful. Dope. So, do you want to go with "Purple Rain" or do you have a, be- a better answer to this question? I guess more appropriately, I should choose uh, the "Danza Kuduro." Could you sing "Danza Kuduro"? That's the is thing. That the, that's the question. I'll, there's a lot of Portuguese in that. But I think okay. if, if it's just, I, I, you know, like that part, <laughs> I think people would just start dancing. And, you know, when the beat drops, it's like, bang, bang, you know. So yeah. Yeah. I think we get a nice dance thing going on. I do want to point out, you sent us the video, the music video for that song before we started recording. The video ends with a to be continued. Is there going to be a Danza Caduro 2? <laughs> oh, no, actually. Let me see. Joe, like, if this is like, if Brian finds like a Sharpe 2 <laughs> equivalent for Danza Caduro, like, that I is. Hope, I hope a somebody wrote changer. Danza Caduro fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I hope, I hope at one point, Lunar She Wolf, I hope that she's like, you know, they, they turn on the radio in this car as they're making out and. Don Omar's Danza Caduro comes on. Like, I want that to be in, like, chapter 20 or 25. Yeah, I've, I've gotten plenty of chapters deep, and there's no Danza Caduro yet, sorry. Yet. Yet. <laughs> Question for both of you. Revenge of the Nerds or the Dark Knight? The Dark Knight. Okay. Brian? I'd, 
I don't what Revenge of the Nerds or the Dark Knight or Dark Knight. Um, uh, uh. I forget how I came up with this question. I guess Revenge of the Nerds, but there's some problematic things in that film. Yes, that... we've we've addressed that part of it. It's very problematic. Is that a high school film? No, it's college. College. I mean, I'll go with it, but I don't want that to be my endorsement of the problematic elements of the film. Fair. It's Everybody said that. Dojo, We're though. okay. But yeah, because you know, in Fate of the, the reason that question exists is in Fate of the Furious. When they're both trying to win over Natalie Emmanuel. Oh, that's right. Uh, Ramsey's character. Yeah, he says, You're Revenge Roman of the Nerds. Says, I'm the Dark Revenge Knight. Revenge of the Nerds the Dark Knight. Like, he's the Dark Knight, and Taj is Revenge of the oh, Nerds. Okay. That's so. right, yeah. I, that's the one question I want to give no context to. That's that fair. I want to find out what people think when they just hear those answers. What do they want? Yeah. Kyle, last question. Last gut instinct. <laughs> Favorite fast food restaurant. Just kidding. What <laughs> is, do you have, Brian said Suki, do you have a favorite character in this franchise? Um, is it I, Han? It's it's either Han or The Rock. Yeah. Shaw. If you had to pick one, would you pick I mean, Han Hobbs, or Hobbs? Hobbs? Sorry. <laughs> Hobbs, yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, now Han's out of it, so I'm going to get end up getting more of The Rock. Um, mm-hmm. I guess I'll ultimately have to go with Hobbs. All right. I guess. I mean, I love Han, and sure. he's really cool, and I'm happy that they did that whole weird time four, five six and seven or before three. Seven's so after. Cool six is before. Seven's after? Yeah, seven's after. Three's arguably during six. To kick off the conversation, when Brian was on for Too Fast, Too Furious, we talked about the most and least family moments because those are building the family yes. lap. Mike's lap, it was the ride-along laps. We we're talking about, you know, which car scene you want to be a part of. This lap, we are taking a walk down memory chain. As you heard in the opening, Joe and I counted down all the instances of when the necklace showed up, that very important necklace that Dom and Letty share. So when you think of Fast Five, and Elena for a little bit, when you think of Fast Five, we'll start with Kyle, what is the first thing you think of? Like if somebody's like, oh yeah, you know, I I just saw Fast Five. Like what's the first thing that comes to your head? Is it a line? Is it a scene? Is it a character? Is it a moment? What's the first thing that comes in your brain when you think of Fast Five? It could be a song. It could be anything. I think just being very upset that they thought that Vin Diesel could beat up The Rock. Oh, okay. It's an emotion yeah. you feel towards Vin Diesel beating <laughs> yeah, up The Rock. Yeah, that's like the, one of the first things. Yeah, because like, hot take, I've kept like every movie stub. I think I, at least I've tried. Like, there's yeah. been a few instances that I yeah. lost them or whatever. But one I definitely, I, I made a conscious decision to throw out was Fast Five. <laughs> well, <this is laughs> are you, but are you going to tell this entire story, Kyle? Is this a if, tease? If, I, I figured once giving this little moosh bouche that there would be... You'd want the whole plate. Yes, please give us the whole plate. I, I, I want to know. It, it was I don't a taste know the story. I was there. So, so in I'll, 2011, I'll you. Brian. Yeah, exactly, Brian. I definitely will ask for some assistance and fact check. This is what summer 2011 or late spring when this comes out? Probably May 2011. I think the summer before we started hanging out. When I say we, like myself, Brian, a bunch of our other friends, myself along with our, our one friend Wes, met these German au pairs. German au pairs. German au pairs out at a bar one night, and because of that, pretty much this whole, I think the summer of 2010... Don't gloss we, over one of the greatest discoveries that, as suburban kids, we ever had. This isn't a podcast about, like... So we were living at home, and we were kind of bored, and you guys were the introduction, but, like, we found out that, essentially, that a group of au pairs, which, fancy word for nannies, 
yeah. who were like around our age were like living in all our local towns, like ten of them. Yeah, and they're all buddies. They're always friends. They yeah, they're all in packs. Yeah, most of them. I think all of them were German, except for like one Mexican. I know what you're gonna ask me, Kyle. It was the second group of a pairs. So it's the second group. It was so a pairs two, two, not a pairs one. Yeah, exactly. The sequel. Did you guys really? Did you guys really name them au pairs one and well, two? Well, they came it was in like two group ways. one and group two. Yeah, yeah, I had nothing to do with group two, and I didn't hang out with that group nearly as much. You were working a lot that summer. Yeah, I think I was. Uh, or it was, yeah, it was like the spring, you guys, I don't or know. Or whenever it you, was, yeah. I remember you and Mike met them. But anyway, so this was like a rare time that I was hanging out with them, and we, uh, you, I think Mike Rivera, I don't know if anyone else of our friends went, but then this second group of German au pairs were going to see Fast Dow. Five, I believe at the Garden State Plaza. Dow, okay. I did not like it. I pretty you're not pretty. You forgot a big detail, Kyle. All right, sorry. This is 2011. That's a long time ago. But you grew a goatee because you loved the trailer to this film, so you could look like no, no, no. After no, it was before. After. It was before. Kyle. After it was after. before. You grew I will know the trailer. We found the photo. You and I. We were yeah, talking. Yeah, the photos about this. after the movie. The came photo out. was before. No, the photos after. You were so it's, excited for this Luke Hobbs character. That's not you know see. Fake news. It's totally not fake news. You were so excited for this. You're like, oh, The Rock's joining. I'm really into this. No, I not at all. I swear, man. <laughs> no. I swear. I'm not, I am not denying whatsoever that that summer after seeing it, and then like at first I was like, this is stupid. And then I was just like, but The Rock was awesome in it. And then I grew my goatee. You're, I knew look the right. Luke Hobbs name before this movie came out because you told me because you were getting into it <laughs> after not, the trailer. Not, I swear, like, like, you were reading not, on your like chuds and you're like websites like that and i was like oh this is cool i like this that was one of the biggest reasons that i wanted to see this film you hyping me with the luke hobbs shit you might deny it it exists i'm not well i'm not denying that i had a goatee i'll concede on the goatee but you were very hyped on luke hobbs so you saw it you didn't like the movie you had a goatee either before or during one or the other why didn't you like it what did you like about this movie i think just because it was such a weird leap from like the franchise like it is this like transitional movie that all of a sudden it became like this like crazy heist versus just car culture which is not what i even watched the originals i'm not like a car culture going guy but you just like think about like this one in particular such a leap from like the original like remake of point break just dealing stereos mm-hmm. and vcr dvd, DVD players, players. Yep. dvd players yeah <laughs> so like yeah like that i don't know there was some part of me that was like ah this is stupid they're just totally you know taking this in a i don't know it's the same way i, I saw jurassic world versus jurassic park uh, you okay know, just like more modern blockbuster that i'm not in, enjoying but then i just kind of went go fuck yourself kyle like this is a Ooh. fun silly movie as i said before it's my favorite i mean it's between five and one that's why i said five and then one mm-hmm. but uh yeah like this and this is really that's why i i just don't remember being that like pro beforehand because you look at all the the rotten i remember i wasn't big into wrestling growing up so i wasn't like a, a like a rock guy fan yeah rock fan and then you look at and then i, I was curious so i looked earlier and like he really doesn't have like it's any great movies before this really like i don't know like i mean you know like so i could see if someone likes some of the movies but this was really kind of his first this is even before the second you know he always gets credited for that journey to the center or whatever movies yep. like, yeah as like bringing it back and like making money and stuff like that this if you look at it is when i think the rock finally became like dwayne the rock johnson or even just dwayne johnson like it really showed his 
on-screen abilities. I don't think that, actually, that's something that we haven't really talked about, Joe, that, like, we talked a lot about how Fast yeah. and Furious number four was mm-hmm. Gal Gadot's first movie. Like, it's just, yes. you know, she's not the star of that movie, but she's, like, a very big presence. She, obviously, she's beautiful, but, like, she can hold her own in that movie, like, just the sort of the, the mystery of her. But I don't think we've really talked about how, you know, The Rock had been in a bunch of things. He's been known to an extent as sort yeah. of franchise Viagra, right? But, like, I don't think we've talked about how, like, this is really relatively early in his movie career, and he's still, like, the new draw. Like, he's the guy, like, he's the big ad in this movie. Yeah, it, it's weird because, you know, I grew up with wrestling. The Rock just kind of, like, disappeared for a little bit for me. Like, he didn't go away, and he was such a huge presence in the, you know, WWE universe. I already knew his star power. I didn't even realize it's his first movie because he was always a huge star in my head that's i think that's why i have this like weird perception of it too i'm trying to think this must have been the first the rock movie that i saw like i don't know like i had I mean, I, there's the rundown there's the scorpion king there's scorpion be king cool. maybe there's yeah be cool there's uh i saw be cool before i saw this but like, i don't remember like i know that he plays a gay character in that and this is a mike manzi theory on the show that we we sort of champion every time it comes up but like in a franchise as diverse and as inclusive as this is they don't really they don't score high grades in terms of gay and non-heterosexual characters and we really think that there's a possibility that the Ho- that hobbs is gay in these movies and we really would like to think that there's a possibility there because he's sort of a lot of the rock characters are asexual we think he could be there's a chance he could be gay but i know that in be cool which was six years before this he played a gay character so we know that he could do that but here it's like it's this is sort of like fully formed the rock we know that he grows over the next four movies or whatever but this is sort of like the rock as sort of movie star action polished asexual franchise viagra the rock yeah i don't i don't know if we ever really contextualize where this falls in his career. The way their market or the trailer's playing for Hobbs and Shaw, he seems to be like into Shaw's sister. Yeah, that's not happening. Yeah, but I mean, who's not into Vanessa Kirby? Vanessa Kirby is beautiful. So, I mean, it's... Oh, she's amazing. Even if you're a a gay gentleman, you'd be be into Vanessa Kirby. So I I don't, you know... women. (laughs) But yeah, so, okay. So when you think of this movie, you think of just that disdain. Like the first thing that comes to mind when you think of Fast Five, even, even though now you like it, the first thing you think of is that you can't believe a movie would portray... Vin Diesel as someone who's able to beat The Rock in a fight? Yeah, that's like that's pro- probably the top thing, and then and then the next thing being I do think about the heist element and kind of bringing in like a team, and I like that whole you know Ocean's Eleven heist. You know, everyone has a purpose kind yeah. of thing. Because we've talked about that scene where Brian and Dom are on that balcony with Mia, and they're both talking about, like, well, who do we need? And they're sort of recruiting people who see the, the shots of them getting to the compound. Like, that is Rusty and Danny in that bar or in that oh, strip club or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Talking about, like, you think we need one more? We'll get one more. Like, that's the same, it's the same scene. It's just now, instead of robbing a bank, you're robbing yeah, a Brazilian I mean, the bank. franchise has been doing it from the beginning. I mean, I'm sure, obviously, I'm sure there's some French film that Point Break was stolen from. This, <laughs> like, this is, the original was Point Break, so it's just been a, and there's nothing bad about that. It's, there's a lot I mean, of homages it, it make, it make, in there. It, yeah, a lot of homages, and it makes things its own. Like, sure, it's getting, it added then, like, some bit of a confusing timeline to it, whatever. Like, I don't care. Like, these movies are still, like, way better, in my opinion, than, like, since I d- drew the comparison before than, like, the Jurassic Worlds. Like, that just totally... The original Jurassic Park is just a masterpiece. Yeah. Brian, what about you? When you think of Fast Five, what's the first thing that comes into your head? My goatee. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably the goatee. Probably the This Is Brazil. Okay. Or that, or that panning yeah. shot they use, like, nine times over the, like, Christ the Redeemer statue. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh we're, we're in Rio? So oh, How will they know we're times. in Rio? <laughs> well, they shot in Puerto Rico, so they just wanted to make sure they got their money's worth of fuel. <laughs> 
And they're like, wait, is it nighttime in Rio? They're like, here's Christ the Redeemer at night. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Are we not near Christ? Here's the favelas. Here we go. Yeah. It's the two things. Favelas and you can see Christ, Christ the Redeemer, Redeemer on the hill. Yeah. You know, like, Joe, what about you? When you think of Fast Five, what's the first thing that comes in your head? It's two things now. One, it's always just Italian Job 2. Yep. Like I, just, I just think it's the Italian Job 2 because, you know, we've talked about it and how we surmise or suggest that this is just the Italian Job 2. Yeah, we're still not sure exactly if we made that up or if we found that online because we can't find it again. But, oh, really? but the screenwriter's the same and he wrote Italian Job 1 and he also wrote an Italian Job 2 that never got made and then he made this instead. It kind of makes sense. Yeah, I think that's what it is. You know, I was thinking about there's two things that I could that I could sort of go to as my what do I think of when I think of Fast Five. One, I, I didn't think it was going to be taken, although I, I guess it should have been because it's so famous, but the This Is Brazil line is the one that I was thinking of. Yeah, that's a good one. I remember years ago, oh, actually, I think, when you were moving from Pittsburgh to New Haven, yes. and you had that going over party, and I, I came with yes. a friend, and we stayed in the hotel, and we went to your party the next yep. day. We were watching, just because we were in the hotel room the night before, we didn't know what to do. We have TV on, like TNT or TBS or whatever, and this movie was on, Fast Five was on. Really? put it on during that This Is Brazil scene. I didn't remember this was Pittsburgh, but this is Pittsburgh. <laughs> so I remember the, the hotel room I was in, I was only... In, this in, is Pittsburgh. This is Pittsburgh. Traded in a steel town for a hobbit town. <laughs> yeah. Because I had seen it, I had loved it by then. You know, was that what year was that? Twenty thirteen? Yeah, six years here this year in July. So twenty thirteen. Okay. Yeah. So like, I think I had probably it came out two years earlier. I had seen it the year before, I think, on Blu-ray, and then I think it probably had been on TV by that point. And so we were just in a hotel room, and I was like, "Oh, this is a great scene." And then it was just the "This is Brazil." So I think of that, but I think it's hard not to think of just like them dragging a seat through the streets of Rio. Like that is just such an I to use your word, Brian, if I, if I may, an iconic set piece. It's this it's this moment that like only this film has ever dared to do. It's just it's so beautiful like it's you've never seen another so movie much where death. cars drag a gigantic safe through the streets like it's it's incredible just they murders. did it in a hazard movie it's not as big but it's a safe one. i was <laughs> going to say i watched that the other day and i'm like holy shit this is in <laughs> and there's a person first. did the dukes of hazard movie come out before this movie oh yeah, yeah it came out in like 2004 2005 Oh, jeez. Back when Jessica Simpson was popular. That's right. You should bring her into the franchise. Oh, I would love to. <laughs> and obviously we talked about in the in the opening segment about how uh, Helen Mirren and Charlie Theron are coming back. But yeah, let, let's bring in, let's get a third blonde in here. Let's get Jessica Simpson. Why not? We're yeah. adding too many characters already, guys. Come on. She should be John Cena's <laughs> Very <true>. sister. <laughs> Everyone's got a sister. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So now, Kyle, this is basically, I don't want to, I don't want to, put too much pressure on you but like the floor is yours so <sighs> we've had brian on twice already brian you're feel free to chime in but you know we've talked about this movie three times right this is lap four i have a question for kyle off the jump though go for oh. it how shitty did those ribs look mr foodie films did he <laughs> did he overcook the ribs did they look that bad how do you uh, feel about yeah them? that's some like weird you know backyard yeah they don't they don't they don't exactly look brazil brazil like brazilian barbecue it's supposed to be up there I've had it. It's great. But it, but this is this is a, a some sort of Latinx guy <laughs> cooking ribs in Brazil. He's not yeah. he's not Brazilian. No, the actor's Puerto Rican, but he was in a Dominican jail, so he's probably one of the two. Yeah, if I had to guess. A criminal nonetheless. Whoa. <laughs> Coming in hot. You said he was in jail. You said he was in jail. <laughs> I don't know, there was implications there, but we'll we'll leave it. We'll leave it. I didn't mean anything. Those uh, those ribs, I don't know. Look pretty burnt, I think. Yeah, so I've never been too impressed. I mean, there's some good, like, food scenes in these films in the realm of, like, bringing people together. It's never necessarily highlighted. I guess it's a great Corona ad. I guess you could say that. So here's a question for you, and I, I don't want to put 
pressure on you, but knowing that like these movies are obviously not about food, but food and family and culture yeah. and all that sort of plays through. a very large part. Do you know the rule around the Fast and Furious barbecue scenes? The rule? There's uh, one rule within within the movies, oh. not in terms of making the movies, but uh, within the I movies. To- yeah, yeah. I, I'm, you know, it's like I'm hearing it in my head, but just like in a rumbled Vin Diesel. <laughs> Whoever takes food first has to say grace. You got Amen. it. Ah, okay, cool. Family. It wasn't meant Family. to be a gotcha question, but you nailed it. Thank you. Kyle, you're absolutely right, though, in terms of, like, what an opportunity. You're in Brazil. You're barbecuing. We want some rodicio, right? And they just do there this. Like, I, I was a little disappointed with the food selection in the film, but I guess they make Ooh. a point of it. I guess they're on the run. Get some street food. Yeah, some, yeah. I've never been. I need to need to see what their street food game is like down there. Like, they should have been like, this is this neighborhood. Like, clearly they're hanging out, like, that cool. I do think of that, like, if I, another scene of, like, that I really think about is when they're just sitting around there. I mean, well, okay, it is the, this is Brazil. But not, like, I mean, when you guys were saying that, I imagine you were just saying, like, the line, not, like, the scene, you know, Hobbs comes up with his team. His poor, poor team, like, I mean, you guys, you know, like, what's what you're saying? Like, remember Han, or what's the... Justice what's for the, Han. Justice for, justice for Han. Justice for Hobbs's teammates is like seal seal team six guys. <laughs> oh yeah, they they do not last very long in this movie. No, it's put like and like that's like a it's a haunting scene, especially when like is one like black buddies like looking at him like right before the grenade goes off. Like the thing to keep in mind though is that I feel like a lot of Hobbs's team in this movie are crooked Brazilian cops. Like aside from Elena, yeah, I they, think that they provide him with, the team. You're right. He doesn't yes. come in with a team. He comes in justice, by himself. Justice for Elena now too. Jeez. There's big problems with Elena, even the way that she is just cruelly, spoiler alert, gunned down and in that's, Fate of the Furious. that's Thor's wife, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. It's we learned Thor's that very wife? recently. That's canon. That's canon. Yeah, Chris Hemsworth's wife is, is uh, <laughs> the woman who plays Elena. Yeah. Wait, oh, seriously? In real life? Damn. The, we talked about that. Joey, yeah, if yeah. you're going to hang out with some kids, hang out with their kids. Those are some nice kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Elsa Pataki, her, her husband in real life, is Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Those guys were people. not Brazilian, his team, who got gunned down. They were all American. The only Brazilian he had on this team was her. Yeah, because she was the translator. That's weird, though. But he shows up by himself. I, I don't know. No, they're, they're, no, they're, 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 they're like unpacking in the background. Yeah. Well, there's the people in, like, the people taking apart the car are American. But it feels like the people he's working with in the field, like the, at least when he first gets there and he's like, I want a translator, they're like, oh, we got plenty of translators. He's like, no, I want Elena. Those people he's working with. Well, yeah, with are Brazilian, but those aren't Americans. the ones that end up being his team at all because the only one he wants to touch because of corruption is, is Elena. So maybe his team was like, just missed their flight or something. Yeah, I'm looking. <laughs> his team, it's Luke Hobbs, Riley Hicks. No, that was in the next movie. Okay. So there's Fusco, who's not Brazilian. That's the black guy. Yeah, Fusco's the black guy who's taking apart the car. Wilkes. Okay. McCroy. Those are some white guy names. Those are some white guy names for sure. LaCroix? Yeah, LaCroix. LaCroix. I'm drinking a LaCroix right now. And (laughs) Chato. The peach pear. They're all federal agents, though, according to the credits. Yeah, so they must have missed their flight. Hobbs shows up, takes Elena... And then we go from there. I always kind of assumed that they were, like, given to him, like, as part of the team. And he's like, well, as long as they're mercenaries, like, I don't care if they're corrupt or not. Like, I'm going to kick ass anyways. And, but you're right. But he does. But he is pissed that they get murdered. He says, like, you killed my team. Yeah, that's that, well, that, yeah, that's what that's why he'll he'll ride with Toretto. Exactly. <laughs> so, Kyle, what about this movie? What do you want to talk about? Like, this is, again, the floor is yours. Oh, Pick boy. whatever you want to talk about. 
This is uh, your opportunity to get either about this movie or about the franchise as a whole, as it relates to this movie. Do you have any whatever. questions for us? Whatever. What do you want to talk about with Fast Five? Like, this is your favorite or second favorite, like, top two movie that you love this one. What are your favorite parts? What are your favorite characters, scenes, all that sort of stuff? I love it in the realm of Fast and Furious. So okay. I love the Ocean's Eleven, like, making the team. Because four, I mean, I have four as my least favorite one. Like, I know it did, like, well in the box office, but, like, it's pretty bland like you know we thought so feel... too and like we just did it and we've well, talked you about thought it so. I, th- I knew differently yes. that's, Sorry. that's the I one thing so. that I was right about yes the more that I watch it if you go to revisit it in the scope of all of the movies okay so that's cool that yeah something's made it better yeah cause like when it came out I really didn't like it I agree with you 100% and I was nervous to rewatch it and as I keep watching it and you see that that's the like foundation of the rest of them yeah it's weird yeah 4 and 5 are just kind of like a one-two punch because four to me just felt like a, a reboot of one in a way oh it, no I'm, it's not it in is. a way in every way almost in okay, every way all right yeah. yeah a thousand percent is but at the same time like i was like uh that's why i didn't like it but then as you watch it and you put it into perspective you're like oh shit i see what they were doing what they were building you know you yeah. add all these other things to it so because four is in a way because justin lynn directed three through six and now he's gonna be back for nine like four we talked about this a lot the tagline is new model original parts like they knew that two was like a, a, a diversion like a different direction and three was like a really radically different direction so when to bring it back home sort of you know refocus the franchise on these four characters, on Dom and Letty, Brian and Mia. It's it's essentially a reboot in a lot of ways. Like, it's reintroducing you to the characters and also bringing in, you know, Gal and sort of bringing in, like, this more action, this more stylized, you know, high-octane. You're saying that the later films are, like, lifting it. Like, you don't think that they thought, like, okay, we're going to kill Letty, but then we're going to bring her back. And Joe's got ideas I about have, that. I have a theory... So Justin Lin listens to the audience feedback, is my theory, and that he just reverts, he takes into consideration what the fans say about the movie afterwards. Mm -hmm. And so if he's like, he killed Letty, and everybody's like, fuck, we wanted Letty to be in the movie. He's like, okay, Letty's alive again. Like, the same thing with Han. Like, we loved Han. Why did you have to kill him so fast? He's like, Han's in the next three. You know, like, and that's just how I think he plans the movies. He's quick to like try to change course back like to steer back so are there post credits uh, to one through four one yes so in one dom drives off like there's like a little like monologue where he leaves to mexico to mexico i don't think i've ever seen that Three essentially has a post-credit scene, but it's, it's in the movie. It's where Dom goes there. Like it's, it's yeah, yeah, part yeah, yeah. Of the I, I remember that, that, but that's like at the end. Yeah. But yeah, no, this yeah. this is the first time since one that there's like a, a big sort of and one's yeah, not really like a twist. Like this is the first one who's like, oh shit, Letty's alive. And bear yeah, in exactly. Mind, and they bring back uh, Eva Mendez. Yes, I would love to have her back. Like we've talked before about yeah. how she comes back, but like I don't know, like what's she doing? I don't know. I think she, yeah. She Other than the fact very... that we talked about in boyfriend material, our Ryan Gosling podcast. She basically retired from Hollywood. Like she's just she's a mom. Yeah, now, she's done. Which yeah, is awesome. She's done. But you know, I I would love to have her back because like even if she's just like this capacity, like I feel like not expanding the world, but like reinforcing that this world exists. It's just it it is weird that like I was expecting her to be in, in six. Same. Because I don't think at the time she was a mom yet. That they went out of the way to have. I mean, it's fun. It's cool. But like, it just seems like that would be a cameo there. I just don't think anyone controls this more than Vin Diesel, and I think he just puts people in who he wants to hang out with. I think he liked uh, Taco Calderon and Don Omar, and then I think he just stopped liking them. I think he got they got annoying to him. <laughs> I'm serious. And he was like, fuck these guys. That's what happened to The Rock, man. That's yeah. why The Rock isn't in Nine, and, and he's in Hobbs yeah. and Shaw. Evidence and right there. Cena, yeah, like you go ahead and you take like arguably the next biggest name in 
wrestling in, of that like kind of era. I mean, it's at least not, again, the next a, big, era. a big wrestling name. I mean, you know, having her and the like the post credits, having uh, what's the character's name, the guy from the first one that hates Paul Walker, Vince. Yeah, like having him in it, like that's a cool reason that they're down in Brazil. That added a nice little like you know, heartfelt moment of like, yeah, you know, bringing have, family have, back, bringing family back and then have it. And then that he actually is good. Like he didn't, you know, screw them over, but then he's the one that ends up dying, which, you know, very sad. And then what's the son's name? We named him Nico. 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 <laughs> so even if the other ones do raise four and you can see that they're laying like some, tr- no pun intended, some track that this one does end up being just then that great dissolve into this bigger, crazy, your country hopping heist films. Yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. Yeah, that's the, what I did not enjoy. It. I don't know why. I mean, maybe I was just even in a bad mood that night. Maybe the Germans were pissing me off because they, <laughs> they weren't. They weren't letting me get any. I don't know. I really don't know. But point being, because because I do really enjoy this movie now. I was watching this movie tonight when we got to the scene that you just mentioned where Vince lets Adam know that he named his son Nico. I looked at Rachel and I was like, well, if we were ever, ever to have a, have a kid, <laughs> we'd have to name him Dominic, right? She was like, absolutely not. Why not? I was like, <laughs> Why not? And I was like, wait, you're, it's going to get better for you. And I was like, how about Brian? And she was like, Brian's okay. I was like, middle name O'Connor? And she didn't like that either. But what's the weird <laughs> thing that they do in the in the latest one? Doesn't he name the kid Paul? Brian, it's Brian. It, it, Brian. it should have been Paul, but they're like, hey, meet baby Brian. It's like, well, you should that have named baby Paul Walker. Like, we know what you're <laughs> going for. Okay, so that was, the, yeah, okay, so they named him Brian, but it's like, in that world, Brian's like, off, like, healthy and with his family. Yeah. So it's just kind of then weird that he's being named after, like, a Kind of an because I don't know. This is a whole weird situation. Joe, I don't I don't want to out you to the world because your your what? your last name is as secretive as anybody who two? doesn't want to Google Joe two or Joe D. Right? Like, yeah, you're hidden, but you're not hidden. But I do like that if you named your kid Brian O'Connor, his initials would be B O D. It would just be Bod. Nice. Like he would have such a pressure <laughs> on himself to have this like ripped physique. Just be like, guys, I got I gotta go to the gym. Brian My parents the Bod. Named me Bod. Yeah. <laughs> so important within the context of these movies. The first four movies in this franchise are all like an hour 45. This is the first of the two hour, ten minute plus. Like, this is the first like super sized, both yeah. in terms of egos and terms I think of it's got actors. This movie flies yeah, I agree. by. I agree. Yeah, exactly. From all my other podcasts and more when I've guessed it on other podcasts, you guys know I, I like reading IMDb trivia. And supposedly people had like, you know, that was, or not people, critics, like that was one of their bigger like, oh, it's so much longer. I'm like, I I think it's got a really good, you know, pace to it. Yeah. So as far as it's got really it's got fun action set pieces. I mean, we've got the train heist and we've got a great, you know, reveal to like Dom showing up. It just gives great cause to the agents being killed on that. So then you've got to bring in kind of like a double bad guy thing going on with like the law, but then obviously a bad Brazilian guy that's, you know, after yeah. him as well. I mean, just a great introduction to Hobbs. We get down to Brazil and I think it's just like a real, you know, they're then, you know, they're I mean, they're on the run there, too. Bringing the team. Then, I don't know. It's just got a really good... It just keeps... Something's right after the other. So, as far as, the, like, the length, I have no problem with it. I think it's a really fun film. And like you said, Joey, you think of then, like, that final... I mean, it just gets... It gets so heist movie in Ocean's Eleven that we have to see, then, the whole switcheroo of the safes and everything. It's just a really fun... A lot of really fun action set pieces. And you can see why now there's even, like, a Fast and Furious 
most universal. Which Joe and I went to. I don't know if you knew that, but like yeah, we, went we went down went there. there. We went on that ride. But aren't they having like shows too? Right, the travel. There is the stunt show. Yeah, there's the, yeah. a separate altogether traveling sort of road show. Takes over for what was it back in the day? Like Waterworld and. (laughs) (laughs) One thing I want to point out about the heist at the end here. We've talked about how like a lot of what they do, like a lot of the prep in this movie doesn't matter because the plan that they're going to have gets thrown out the window. Like when Reyes is basically like, we're going to lockdown, tripling the guards coverage, like find another way to steal it, right? So that's when they break in, they literally rip it out out of the police precinct. What we've never talked about, I don't think, is how poor Rico and Tego have to do all that literal shit duty to no end. Like they go in there to basically tap the video cameras, right? Like they go, Yes. They put the, the pipe bombs to like blow mm. up the water in the in the toilets. They blow up the toilets so they can go in to fix them yes. to tap the things. Yeah. That one cop taking a shit in there is not nearly wet enough. Like the fact that like, so much water bursts out of those <laughs> toilets. Like I've noticed it every time, but I've never commented on he is not nearly wet enough for how much water comes out of the other toilets to be like just like he's gotta be drenched like to the bone. No, because like, your literally body, to the no, bone. because your body blocks it. It's like all up his beehole. I guess. But still, like, he's got, like, just, like, his pants, like, you know, just, every, like, the whole, like, lower torso is kind of be like... Oh, no, but you gotta, like, if, you know, if he had, like, if he had, like, you know, closed leg positioning, you know, you could, I think you could shield yourself from a lot of it. You think he's a closed leg shitter? Yeah, that's, <laughs> I, I, did you just assume his shitting position? Corrupt cop working in Rio. He's he gonna be, like, a confident deep. wide leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe he is. But maybe, maybe that's just how he, how he's outwardly. Maybe, you know, this is, like, a reflection of his inner character struggles. And that, like, he, he comes off as a as a corrupt Brazilian badass, but Maybe. but inside he's just a tight legged shitting little boy, a teddy bear, <laughs> yeah, a, a shitting teddy bear. They go in there, they cause the pipe bomb, they go in there to quote unquote fix it, to then cut that chunk of concrete out of the wall, tap the camera so they can then get the camera feed the footage so they yes. can sort of guide and whatever. None of that matters. Like the fact that they you know they stole the cars and everything, whatever. Like that, none of that matters. The fact that they stole the cop cars, none of that matters. But I still feel like the one thing that really had like lasting like if anybody's gonna go to therapy after these movies, it'd be like Rico and Tego, be whichever one is the one who like just goes in there and like has like basically an existential breakdown. Like it smells so bad in here. I can't believe we're doing this. The fact that he gets to go through all all of this to really to no end it's just it's devastating <laughs> i mean it definitely falls into that and that's like close to like the new the marky mark uh, italian job there's no point except for that they were re-releasing the mini coopers for the mini coopers to be in that movie <laughs> originally like those cars are supposed to be going through like they're just so small enough to fit through his wide hallways or whatever yeah but then you know ed norton finds out about it so then he takes it on via the helicopter or he's in a helicopter and it's put in the truck whatever it is so it's like there's no point for mini coopers no so. but isn't that the whole mark of heist movies you rarely see like oh let's plan something out oh it went and it all goes according exactly to plan. as yeah. planned yeah great well, oh, see yeah. you later no, o- o- oceans is everything goes to plan no the but they give you a, they give ahead. you they, they on, do yeah. but they shoot it so that you didn't know that it's a going to according to plan as it's going according to plan they do that for this too but it didn't go to plan but then they show you how they pulled it off yeah you know like how the rock didn't end up with the safe at the end or whatever it's like a double down of it went didn't go right, but then it went very right. I just like imagining this whole movie. One of the things I read was uh, Hobbs was originally envisioned for Tommy Lee Jones. Oh yeah, yeah. we're talking about that, it's and like so you know, dumb. especially <laughs> in the later movies when they add in Kurt Russell as Mister Nobody, like we feel like that's more of a Tommy Lee Jones role. Like I feel like Hobbs as Tommy Lee Jones completely different dynamic. Yeah, there would have never been Hobbs continuation. No, there would never be not. a Hobbs and Shaw without him. Was it ever confirmed that uh, Kurt Russell's character is supposed to be Brian's dad? No. Ooh, Ooh. No. 
That's a new theory. I what? thought I read that somewhere that like you know again just a theory, but then like but it sounded like it came from a credible source, and that would have added to would have been like part of eight that it's just like oh so you know like he left because you know you would go into all the cliches of had to leave because you wouldn't have been safe if I was there yada yada yada. I'm into that because we've talked a lot about so you know as we talked about the opening Charlie Theron as I mentioned before Charlie Theron's coming back for Fast Nine when we did the Fate of the Furious episode on Watch the Throne, like, after we had talked about it a couple times on here, like, we went over to Watch the Throne, and Joe, Mike, and I talked about, specifically about Charlize for an hour. We were like, yeah. we want her character to have purpose, to have meaning, to make Do sense. better. Basically, without more context, Fate of Furious sucks. Like, it's our least favorite movie, yeah. her character's terrible, like, it doesn't add anything. That's why we're so happy that she's coming back for Nine, because maybe it'll sort of redeem, or salvage, or whatever, eat by adding more context. Was she going to be, like, a bad guy by mistake and someone had information on her? So, no. So the, Joey, the one theory of the rumors, is... One of the, one of the theories is, and the reason I bring it up now, is that one of the theories says that she is possibly a Shaw sister, which is probably unlikely, but also that she's Brian's sister, and that she was some kind of, like, you know, long-lost or, you nah, know, that's separated stupid. sister that's or whatever. That's really like, stupid. Don't bring any more Brian lore into it, because it's just not going to be good, because you can't have him in it. Like, well, there's also the, the rumors that, like, his family wants Brian to come back by, like, having his brothers do the body doubles and then having them see... Like, his well, family, sure like, do. Paul Walker's family wants him back. That's what we said, too. I, I was like, I, I Well, they spend all of his money already? Is that's that? exactly what I said, and I was like, I hope to God it's not that, and I hope that they just, like, want his legacy to live on, but it really feels like they're like, well, we can't, like, ride him any longer, so, yeah, like, let's... Yeah, then they, yes. they want the brothers to be successful, too. There's no better way to be successful than to have your, your dead brother's face glued on your body in yeah, CGI. Digitally glued on, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't it feel like... I mean, the Scott Eastwood role that's supposed to be Brian, like, just a pretty blonde. It just feels like they just kind of came up with that character to fill in for, like, the lack of Brian. So yep. then that just would have added more, again, if this whole Mr. Nobody was Brian's dad. Like, that, you know, again, all that would work. And then if you wanted, for some reason, Charlie's to be, I don't know, a what if? Yeah, what if we have both of these theories come true, that Mr. Nobody is Brian's dad, but also Charlize is Brian's half sister, half-sister. Yeah, and then now we have, like, this huge family implication, and the family's, like, fighting itself, but the other family, it's crazy. Well, that's what I'm really excited about. Like, I don't think we've ever, we haven't talked about it, and I don't know if I've ever really thought about it, but that's, like, that's why I'm excited about Hobbs and Shaw, because I feel like, for the first time... Kind of start anew? A, a franchise that's so about family, we're going to learn about their actual family. Like, we're going to know about, like, we know Helen Mirren, we know the brother, we're yes. going to learn the sister, but we're going to learn about Hobbs' family. Yeah, because we get his brother and his cousins and whatever, because we know that's exactly. coming there. Considering how family-focused this franchise is, the fact that we know, like, nothing about any O'Connor other than Brian, that we know nothing about any Toretto other than Dom and Mia, it feels like there could be such an opportunity for more. And there's, there's going to be that Netflix series about Dom's cousin or whatever, but I feel like that's that's an easy way to expand, right? Like, have more people somehow tied into the family nature, and sort of, it gives them instant credibility, because of the characters that already exist. Yeah, I mean, with Hobbs and Shaw, they're definitely doubling down. I mean, they're introducing a Shaw sister and then all of Hobbs's like, family. Mm -hmm. Which is weird that he, like, they're definitely going to have to address that, like, he went into law when that family did, does clearly illegal things. Like, No spoilers! I've only watched the one trailer. No spoilers. Uh, they're supposed to be mechanics or something based on what I was reading earlier. Like, they, like, have, like, a body it's shop It's probably some kind of chop shop. I, uh, I understand that, yeah. but yeah. Okay, yeah, I don't know. sorry. I no, it's, it's fine. It's fine, it's fine. Yeah, but we 
we don't know the trailer things because once I watched the second one and it nearly like ruined the whole movie, I was like, Joey, don't do it. Also, by the way, we talked about it in the opening segment, but if you want to join us, if you're in the New York area, join us Thursday, August 1st in the Palisades Mall screening, 7.30 p.m., 2D screening. Brian will, will be there. there. Brian, what about you? What about this movie? Because you've talked already about Too Fast, Too Furious. You talked about Suki, Bend Over Boy. You talked about Tokyo Drift. What about Fast Five you want to talk about? What do, what do you love about this movie? This is like the all-star game of Fast and Furious films, especially as a fan. True. You know, True. And, and when this came out, you're like, oh, shit. And I think I talked about this on the Too Fast, Too Furious podcast, but Fast Five was amazing because it validated Too Fast, Too Furious and Tokyo Drift. Very true, yeah. And it was like, oh, and I, I don't like franchises that delete their mistakes. I like when they work them in. And I'm not saying those films were mistakes, but a lot of people thought they were. Yes, at the time, for sure. Absolutely. And I was always curious, because let's face it, I mean, we know, right, there was probably two scripts for Too Fast, Too Furious, one with Dom and one with Tyrese in it. Without Dom, yeah. Obviously Dom wasn't in the second one. But for them to just like meet up here and then I was so happy that they were able to work those characters in specifically and kind of give them jobs. I know they kind of expanded what's his name? Luda's why am I forgetting character names all of a sudden? Tesh. And then the fact that they you know, they go they keep bringing up the We Hungry and like everything I liked about, you know, Tyrese's like acting in Too Fast, they brought back and they've extended exotic location you know just like i said the all-star aspect the heist thing how they still we see car races between them like that million dollar quarter mile i believe it is with the police cars which can we just talk about we may have talked about this already but like that is way longer than a quarter mile right like it's gotta be way longer than a quarter mile two stoplights it depends on how i mean fast and furious time and speed doesn't matter. <laughs> it yeah. transcends. It transcends time because it's like a thirty-second or a minute-long scene, and it they're is. going it's fast. The I also have a question for you, and this is mostly for Joe. I don't know if Kyle and Brian. I don't know what? if you guys know cars the way that Joe knows cars. They're driving. Or at least Dom like upshifts in his cop car. Like are cop cars really anywhere in the world manuals and not automatic? Like to consider that you're Brazil. chasing after. No, you know perps? what they are. I bet, like, in all of Europe, the, the cop cars are manuals, because every car in, in Europe is a manual. Okay. Like, I mean, like, well, a large majority of them. So I can imagine that the Brazilian cop cars are manual. Like, I can't tell you for sure, but it, does, it doesn't surprise me. And maybe this is just coming from somebody who, like, doesn't know how to drive manual, only drives automatic. But, like, I feel like if you're in pursuit, right, of a car, I feel like the last thing you want to be focusing on is, like, trying to, like, hit, like, the, like, the shift. I know it becomes second nature, but, like... I feel like the less you can sort of... You take, don't even or, think about it. I guess. I don't know. But I just... I thought... I sort of thought that was Because weird. then all the racers... In that, with that theory, all the racers would drive automatics too. Yeah, I guess. But... You Joey, know. the only reason I say this very boring fact is because asking about the cop cars, but on IMDb, it <laughs> says, uh, Rio's police squad has never used Dodge Chargers or any of the other models shown in the movie. Oh, in okay. fact, okay. by the time the movie was shot, the cars that the Rio de Janeiro police really used in law enforcement were the Volkswagen Golf, the <laughs> Chevrolet sense. S10, the Chevrolet Blazer. I feel like in Tokyo Drift, they're like if you hit, you know, one one eighty or one ninety or whatever kilometers an hour, they just don't go after you. I feel like here they're just like well, we just can't, if we're in a Volkswagen Golf, like we just can't go after you if you go that fast. I mean they had to throw some chargers in like some challengers in there, right? Because like now at this point the franchise is buddy buddy with Dodge, so it would not be as cool as if they were driving golfs, essentially. <laughs> 
I mean, this is also the movie that we get cool, like, you know, how they always have to steal the fingerprints. I mean, shout oh, out to God. Gal Gadot. I, I do like that. I don't know if we talked about this before, about, you know, when, when they go back and Hans, you know, got the, the, the suit in his hand and Roman and Tej are giving him shit. Like, oh, I thought you were a thong guy or whatever. They're like, oh, did he smack that ass? You just grab it. And then again, like, it doesn't quite make sense, but I like that as a callback that when they find out that Mia's yes. pregnant, they say the same thing. It's like, well, that doesn't quite make sense, but it's also <laughs> kind of a joke. And also they weren't there. Brian and Mia weren't there for the first time that it happened. So it's only a joke for the audience and Roman. <laughs> Like, like Brian point. and Mia laugh, but that's, like, a very aggressive thing to ask your wife. <laughs> I guess that that's, like, pregnant. the opposite. That's an opposite of a no-knees-to-niece joke. Not to bring that up again, but, like, no-knees-to-niece yeah. is not a joke for the audience. It's a joke explicitly for the characters. We still don't understand. That is odd, too. They almost reacted like they didn't even know that they were, like, dating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was no possibility that she could have ever been pregnant. Did you smack that ass? Did you, like, it was almost like, how did you get with her? Like, how did, how did you sleep with him like oh it's like you know we've been in a relationship for like like you know on and off for the last like decade right like we've been together for a while yeah. now that might just be because it's the one like romans that the conduit i also feel like and i you know i you know i've never gone through the announcement of a pregnancy but like i feel like they announced to the world like very soon like very early like i think you're supposed to wait to make sure that the, 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 the fetus is healthy and everything like it feels like mia's not showing at all they're like hey she can't drink she's pregnant guys like let's talk about it like it feels like it's an early announcement and then she just blows that balloon up in her belly and her shirt and then we're good to go <laughs> yeah and then the end of the movie no extradition baby yeah what, what a gender reveal huh so what else guys what else do you want to talk about fast five before because we got some games we want to find out which fast and furious family member kyle is we already got brian's what else do you want to talk about this movie the, talk about the franchise kyle there's a chance that you guys are both back at some point but for now treat this as like your final episode even though we we've, we've promised brian He's been on, like, every laugh forever. But uh, what else do you want to talk about with this movie or the franchise? I got one to, to get you started. Oh, please, yeah. Anything for a jump start. Wink, wink. Joey, Joey, as we were watching these movies, <laughs> it's now our fourth time. Every time Joey watches it, he, he finds a new place to cry at. Yep. And, um... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that sounded worse than I meant it. I'm no, no, no. It's, it <laughs> My letterbox review tonight was literally, this movie has me on the verge of happy tears for 131 minutes. Like, I don't cry out of sadness here. It's yeah. just like, like, I cried one time while watching this movie when they cracked open the safe. I was like, oh, God, they did it. Like, I, I cry. <laughs> I'm just so happy that this crew pulled up the... Like, I love this crew. I love this family. I love this movie. But, yeah, no, I cry really any time in the movie. I, I definitely don't have any emotional ties to this movie. Like, I mean, I do feel bad for Hobbs's team starts getting, like, shot down, and then... So for me, I just want to say that because I was thinking of Joey and how he cries in all the movies, I'm watching this movie again, and I get to the scene where Dom says, money will come and go, but this right here is what it's all about, family. And they cheers. I, I choked up a little bit for the first time in this one. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, holy shit. And, like, the more that I watched them, like, I was laughing at Joey about, like, oh, I cry, so, like, in these, like, weird parts of the Fast and the Furious movies. But, like, when that one choked me up, I was like, fuck, I'm getting there, too. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? I cried at five distinct points during Avengers Endgame. Like, five distinct points. Like, yeah, I was clear. I was clear of tears, and I began once more, and it was like sad. Not like because I wasn't enjoying it, but because I was invested in those characters. I just can't say that I am as much for these guys. So I, I guess if there's any clues of like that kind of when watching something and feeling a bit of like happiness or sadness, like between like those two, would just be coming off of the real life, like watching the end of like seven, a real life tragedy. Other than that, like these are just kind of you know be with this one in particular becoming like 
like a rip roaring like fun time and you get <laughs> these awesome moments of the rock and his number one like i don't know why he doesn't have a goatee anymore after this one <laughs> i did not cry tonight but the closest i came is a point that i cried before it's when mia first tells brian that she's pregnant and they're at uh-huh. that waterfall and dom dom like <laughs> looks such around a romantic it's really funny like you cry at like very like very like sentimental parts. i only cry at, like I, I don't sad cry in movies i only i almost exclusively happy cry oh i sad cry all the i kind of wish that I, I don't know like movies have sad cry during the end of call me by your name let's go swimming let's go swimming right now when he's just like staring at a fireplace right now. <laughs> i'm just like oh boy like that's that gets that gets me but i feel like most of the time i'm just like oh i love these characters i love these i love this moment i love this franchise or whatever you know parks are wrecking me happy cry so much it's the happy cries that i have the most yeah but that's good man in this movie that's yeah, healthy where Mia tells Brian she's pregnant, and then Dom like turns around and she's just like, you know, she's like, I already lost my family once, I'm not gonna lose them again. Brian or Dom's like, we're in this together. She's like, it's such a family moment. I'm like, oh god, like I, I came close again tonight. Yeah, I was just saying that I can relate with the Dom speech and him like this right here, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, ho, ho. yeah, and I just got a little chill and. <laughs> Yeah, I felt it. It was Brian, what about you? Do you cry during any of these movies? I've gotten emotion. I get more just like really excited. Like at the end, at the end of two, at the end of five. I mean, the Paul Walker death stuff is sad. Oh yeah, that's just waterworks like guaranteed. I'm more just yeah. like, yeah, like the end of this. When they're all showing what they did with the money, I get super, super excited. Yeah. When the Joe Budden plays and too fast, too furious. <laughs> I guess which time? Excited. Oh, okay, the the which end time? one, of course, because they play it four times in that movie. So. You're right. You're absolutely right. Um, Joey, you mentioned Parks and Recreation. Kyle, did you notice Purd Happily is the reporter at the beginning? You heard with Purd. <laughs> yeah, he's one of the reporters at the beginning. Yeah. Actor Jay Jackson, I think, or Jay Johnson, one of them. He's basically playing Purd Happily. Yeah, not Purd Happily. <laughs> I've seen him in other TV shows and other movies too, where he's playing like a news. Is he actually a news reporter? That wouldn't surprise me if, like, like in like, L.A. The same thing or something, you know? Like, yeah, like the same way that uh, what's his name got to start playing like a doctor and knocked up Ken Jeong on a cinematic level. I think to a much deeper effect with with Carrie Fisher passing away in mm-hmm. the, in the st- you know in affecting Star Wars. But it, so it's in, I'm you know interested to see obviously where they go. You know at least that it's for like the final entry. But it's just it is interesting to see post Brian like because you kind of, almost you f- you feel bad like for. Uh, Jordana Brewster is just like, oh, she probably wanted to keep making some money. and like. Well, so she's back in nine. They're bringing her back in nine. But it feels oh, yeah, like, it's, yeah. it felt like for a couple movies, they're like, oh, we want to bring her back, but we can't bring her back. As we told yeah, her in seven, of, we're going to yeah. let you down there. You know what I mean? So it's cool that they keep, like you said, like Helen Mirren is, you know, coming back and Charlize. Vin Diesel said like 10 is like it as far as at least like this family's Well, that's what they say, whether or not that's true or not. But also, Joe and I have sort of mapped out, so this year is going to be Hobbs and Shaw, next is going to be Nine, then in theory, possibly a girl spinoff. Girl spinoff. And then then probably Fast 10, and then Hobbs and Shaw 2. But now we're like five or six years out, and we're still like, quote unquote, done with the franchise. You know what I mean? Like, there's still so many movies. I think for 10, and again, I think I must have read this somewhere just because, I mean, try to sound like a schmuck, but I don't really think to the fan theory, like the way I do with like Marvel movies, you know, as like for the Fast and Furious, but I do, re- you know, do read articles when people are like oh, theorizing. I think that they should do for 10, like a time jump so like Dom's son can be involved. Somehow. Yes, we've said this. We want Dom and Brian's son to, to yeah. be like the new team. A real true god 
Cosby on the Pine situation. Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. kind of wonder if we want to have that as 10, or if that should be like 11, where it's just sort of like a cameo from Dom. You know what I mean? Like, it's sort of a... It's the, 11's like the sort of the next generation. You know what well, I mean? obviously I want 35 of these movies. Of course. So what, what, <laughs> what I do like about this movie, like, people... If you look on Twitter, like, people do shit-talk these movies. Like, people, you know, say, yeah. like, I can't believe that, like, people only make Fast and Furious movies anymore. It's just kind of like a butt of a joke, but it feels like maybe because people don't didn't grow up with them in the way like they did like older people like the way that oh, they we're grew hitting, up with we're Star hitting Wars. a point where like kids didn't see the first one like as it came out like we're definitely at that point now when people get mad that there are so many Star Wars movies or so many Marvel movies or whatever like, I feel like those are properties that people who are older than us you know like in their 40s or whatever grew up with right and so like yep. it's been around forever and they're sort of getting burnt out or whatever like there's this is as much a butt of a joke as a like oh they only make these movies anymore but it feels like the scorn isn't as real in a way because people aren't as into it like it hasn't been with them for 40 years it's only been with them for 20 years which is still crazy yep. yeah it is crazy I do love Marvel and Star Wars more than I do love Fast and Furious that's I, fine like you know you have some very talented like filmmakers like coming in and taking you know between Justin Lin and then what was the last one was F. Gary Gray right mm-hmm. got talented filmmakers and, and, and I do I 100% agree with what Brian said before you know maybe things people didn't like in the past and not just disregarding them any last thoughts for either of you before we figure out which family member Kyle is? I'm so excited to figure out what family member Kyle is. <laughs> so let's get to it. Brian, if you remember, you got Roman. You are still our only Roman. All right, Kyle. So now there are... The backstory here is that Joe found a quiz online on Zimbio.com that was a which Fast of Years character are you? The questions were fine, but we're like, we could do this better. So we did our own quiz. And we did it better. I think we did it better. <laughs> so we have seven questions. They had like okay. about six characters. We have about, what, how we many, 20? We have 20 characters. And it's not enough could... as far as I'm concerned. There's no Bilkins. Yeah, yes. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Brian wants like some very, like, we, we think 20 characters is a lot because we have like some characters that you're just like, people are like, hmm. <laughs> like, Brian's like, where's Bilkins at? And everybody's like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, we have seven questions. Each question has six answers, multiple choice. No wrong answers here. Whatever feels most right to you. Again, sort of gut. like gut instincts. Okay. Question number one, Kyle. Brian, knowing Kyle as well as you do, I want you to see if the, if these answers are correct or not. Mike Manzi surprised Joe and me when he's like, oh yeah, how furious are you? Like the answer he gave, we were like, oh, wait, what? You're like, you are not this furious. But <laughs> apparently he is. Sure. He's harboring a rage. Write down right now what you who you think I am and then hold it up afterwards. I mean, I'm going to say you're probably, like, my guess is Roman. I don't want to both be Roman, Kyle, so I hope you don't get Roman. (laughs) I'm surprised you're Roman. I would think that you're Han because you're always picking at things. Yeah, that's true, but I'm hungry, too. (laughs) All right, Kyle, question number one. How fast are you? NASCAR, roller coaster, Lamborghini Murcielago, Toyota Prius, Vespa, Razor Scooter? Uh, roller coaster. Brian? I guess. I mean, that's a hard one to really assess. Yeah. Kyle, how furious are you? The Hulk, which is what Mike Manzi said. We were like, oh boy, okay. That's the scary. Hulk, That's scary. Kylo Ren, Christian Bale on that one set, Mel Gibson, <laughs> Charlie Brown, or Jack McBrayer. I'm going to say Mel Gibson for you, Kyle. I was, no, I was going to say, like, isn't that when he's just, like, under the influence? So, like, that's not... No wrong answers. Yeah, no, no, I know. I'm just trying to think of, like, when, like, my anger comes out. Maybe you don't remember because you're the Hulk. <laughs> Maybe. I would, honestly, I would say the Hulk. Okay. Now, Kyle, we're having a barbecue. You are the foodie films man himself, so this is a, a, a question firmly in your wheelhouse. We're having a barbecue. How are you helping? Are you manning the grill, saying grace, kicking back with a beer, 
babysitting being the entertainment or sneaking a snack. Is it my barbecue or who's... It's a family barbecue. We're all hosting it. It's at a neutral location. Oh, boy. Uh, Most likely manning the grill just because, like, that's where I'll end up. But I I would love to just be sipping on a beer. You know, Joe, I don't... I I still... I I hide the answer. I don't know what his answer is until I... Until the quiz is over. Based on how he's answered so far, I have a a sense of where he's trending toward. I do, too. We'll see. Kyle, question number four. You've got time to kill. What are you doing? Grabbing a bite, working in your car... Hanging with friends, drinking a beer, working out, or working on your computer? Ooh, that's a really tough question. Hanging with friends. Okay. That's like what I want to do with my free t- Yeah, hanging with cool. friends. Definitely. I mean, most likely at that grabbing a bite or a drink with it. <laughs> but but if I have like some free time, yeah, going with friends. All right. Now, Kyle, you are a, you know, at least in terms of Brian's stories, you are sort of a notorious bachelor through the years. Now you are tied down. You have a, you have a lovely girlfriend right now, but you're still not a married man. But I want you to, to picture for a second. I want you to describe your wedding. I'm never getting married. It's just me and my partner. It's us and our families. It's a backyard country affair. Everyone I know is there. I don't remember. I would love everyone I know is there. Okay, that would be that would be fantastic. That's just so much. Yeah, money that to... I know that's not probably in the cards because of money. But if you had it your way, Kyle, that would be. Oh yeah, yeah. it would be. It would be a thousand person wedding. And at Burger King, <laughs> you can have it your way. Shout out Burger King. <laughs> not the sponsor this week though. Once and future sponsor maybe. Kyle, congratulations! You just won the lottery. What are you buying? Your own garage? A private plane? You're gonna gamble it all away? Your child at home? A fleet of cars or a new life? Uh, <laughs> a fleet of cars. Okay. Cool. That character I thought you were treading toward, you took a hard pivot away. I don't know who you're going to be now. <laughs> you're not who I thought you were going to be. Kyle, final question. What is your drink of choice? Belgian ale, Corona, something fruity, water, <laughs> whatever's cheapest, or whatever you're having? Something fruity. Okay. Nutcrackers. Yeah. Yes. Oh, shit. New character, new I family We're member. diverse, dude. Our quiz is good. Go ahead. Kyle, no no wonder Brian and Kyle are such good friends. Because Kyle is I'm Brian's t-ish. favorite character. Kyle is Suki. Ooh, that's what oh. I guessed, too. But Kyle, your bright personality nice and artistic Kyle. flair makes you a very popular person. And it's easy to see why people are drawn to you. You're an optimist who can stay positive, even in defeat which might be your most valuable trait. Always up for a good time and willing to take a risk. You're a hard person to pin down, but you're always there when your family needs you. And you drive drive like the wind wind blows. blows. (laughs) Thank you, Wes Hampton, for that write-up. I would agree with all of that except for that whole optimist part. (laughs) You know, for a while, I thought, for the first few answers, I thought you were trending hard toward Dom, and then you took a pivot toward Suki in a big way, I guess. Yeah. I guess so, yeah. No, I'm definitely not Dom. Fuck Dom. I'm a little confused with my feelings right now. No, I I think it it firms up. Are you in love with Kyle? Is that what you're trying to say? I could be, maybe. But Kyle doesn't have the right parts for you? (laughs) How do you know, Joe? I don't know, man. Take a look underneath this hood. (laughs) Okay. So I think, and I'm I'm double-checking right now. I think that Suki is the the most of a long shot. Anybody who has gotten this or taken this quiz has got. There's only a three percent, three point three five percent chance that you can get Suki. Suki is the sixth least common result. So Kyle, you're in rarefied air right now. Yeah. Does this mean that I'm woke? It does. Yes. Is that what you yes. want? If if yeah. so, yes, you're woke. 
It means whatever you want it to mean, my friend. <laughs> I would trade this. Now ask me all the same questions again, and let's see if I give the same answer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you definitely won't. You definitely won't. We're going to play on the show uh, a game called This Ain't No 10 Second Race, a.k.a. Boy Do We Have a Podcast for You. Now, I'm going to ask all four of us to go on Twitter and find any tweet that you think someone, if we reply to them saying, Boy Do We Have a Podcast for You, who on Twitter will be interested in learning about our podcast. As you take time to find out, or find a tweet, Joe, let's review last episode's results. So I found Drewski on Twitter, at Drew Corvera, said, LMFAO, don't let me hear that Tokyo Drift song, because bitch, we zoom in. <laughs> and he quote tweeted the video, boy, do we have a podcast for you? Nothing. Mm. I felt good about that one. Did not pan out. Now, Joe, you gave me, I don't, I don't know if you remember... But you gave me a, uh, a a tweet that said uh, it was from Melly oh, Telly. Either deleted the tweet. I think. I think she blocked us. She blocked us. <laughs> and I think she also blocked. Oh, she blocked also Cage Club. I think because I can't be over there. Sentimental cactus at Melly Telly. I think I'm going to tattoo a communist symbol. Boy, do we have a podcast for you? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Well, the guy, the guy in Fast and the Furious 4 has, a, what, a scythe and... Hammer and sickle. ...on his neck, yep. and we went off this tangent talking about his neck tattoo for a while, so... Larson, our, our, our past guest Christian Larson, uh, found Ricardo at Ricar underscore Doe 562. Only pussies run nitro meth. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Nothing. As you might have gathered from those, it is very difficult to do well on the show. Brian got zero the two times he's been on. I only have eight through 30-something episodes. Joe's in the lead with 15. Mike Manzi's in second place with nine. There's no right answer. There's no wrong answer other than the wrong answer is most of the tweets we find. So if you find someone on Twitter that you think would like our show, put the link in Discord, and we'll go from there. Joe, you found one? I got one, and it's time-sensitive, so we got to get this out there as quick as possible. This one's from Giovanni at Long Live Lanky. He says, this seven-hour car ride fucking sucks. Boy, do we have a podcast for him. Ooh, I love it. Yeah, 39 minutes ago, he's 39 minutes into a seven-hour car ride. He can listen to, like, three episodes. Hopefully we provide him the uh, the, the relief he needs. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. I thought that, that was a good one. We might, I, I might get something from that. Because he's bored. He's tweeting while he's in a seven-hour car ride. Like, All right, Giovanni. Long live Lanky. Brian, Brian you, you, got... you put two in here. Which one do you want to do? My argument would be that you should use both because it would help promote the show, and they essentially say the same thing, but I can't choose between the two. You don't have to count my points. I just... It's only for so you're, just, you're doing it for the love of the game. Yeah. Pick one. That, that'll that be my point count one. That first one, though. I also like the Twitter name. Uh, why don't you read both? Because I also like the the Twitter, the, the name, the handle. Not the at sign, but the name of the first person. AJ, the man of a thousand prototypes. Yep. At AJ Jones Dev. And he's responding to someone. At Jan Jerome. I had Danza Kuduro play at my wedding because of how much I loved it at the end of the Fast Five. Boy. That's, that's an incredible do yeah, we that one. have a podcast for you. So I'm going to take that. And we'll count that one as mine. I'd also like to respond to this guy. Sure. No, by all means. I was also thinking, I told Joe recently that like we should start doing this on Letterboxd too. Because I feel like Letterboxd is like where our fans are going to live. But yeah, yeah, by all means. 
This is by Jose Montana, but Jose is spelled with H-O-Z-A-Y. I think the absolute happiest I've ever felt in a movie was the end of Fast Five, when the gang busts open the vault, money starts pouring out, and Don Omar's Danza Kuduro plays for the rest of the movie. It's a pretty great moment. Boy, yeah. do we have a podcast for you. Those were both great tweets, but the guy with it at, at his wedding yeah, is like that's the one I'm carrying. That's the one yeah, I'm that's, that's for sure. Joey, you got one? Here's my thinking, right? So, like, in theory, if we send this tweet right now, say we search Donza Kaduro, no offense, Brian, not throwing shade, Fast Five, Donza Kaduro, whatever, Brazil, Rio, whatever, they look at our feed, they don't have an episode about Fast Five, the, la- the latest one. So I've, I've been trying, and it's not been working, to go back Yeah, nothing works. So I'm trying, I, I, do, I know that nothing works, but I'm trying to game. find, like, I'm just searching now, Gal Gadot, Fast Furious, it's not as, as lucrative, it's not as, as lush uh, a stomping ground, or as you will. We got Kyle's. Kyle, what do you want to, you want to read yours off? Marco Cervantes tweeted, I wonder what the car chase count is so far in greater Los Angeles in 2019. Yeah. Boy, yeah. do we have a podcast for you. If you're into fast cars and into Los Angeles and car culture, by all means. Perfect. And it's in the middle of a conversation, so hopefully one of these guys respond. So I'm going to take this tweet. Hugh Blackman at underscore GRZY underscore. I know that Hobson Shaw is going to be a run-of-the-mill The Rock action flick, but the trailer's been nothing short of flames. That Hove mix... Man, boy, do we have a podcast for you. That Hove mix is fire. I agree. We have two car pictures. So we're going to do one. And we're going to do the one that uh, Nick Burris sent us. Kyle and Brian, how, on a scale of nothing to you should be working in a body shop right now, how much do you know about cars? Um, very little. I could draw you a nice picture to put on your fridge. Well, I would okay. like that. I would like that very much. But I want one of you to be on Joe's Two team. I want you to, yeah. yeah. The game that we're going to play right now is like basically guess that car, name that car. Do we have a name for this game? Car guessing game. <laughs> car picks. So what we do is we have we have listeners write in and send us pictures of cars, and me, knowing nothing about cars, tries to get Joe to guess what the car is. And so I am very unhelpful. Not intentionally unhelpful, I just don't know how to describe things. We try to get Joe to guess the car. So there's a little bit of clues, a little bit of hints and everything. So I want one of you to be with me, give the clues, and I want one of you to be with Joe guessing the car. So who wants to be on what team? Give, give. Kyle's with me. We're going to try to guess what this car is. Okay. We get to ask some questions to the first thing he tells us is the color of the car. Why? There's no matter to it. Unless it's a rare color. He did it. He did it unintentionally. Mustang red. No, he did it (laughs) unintentionally the first time we were playing this game. It's silver. And I was like, cool. I can't, it's hard, it's hard, it's very difficult. So Nick sent in two pictures, it's the same car, it's two different pictures, Uh, one is silver, one is blue, in one, the car is rocking Goodyear tires, does that help? Maybe, okay. It is a British car. Are we looking at the same car? Jaguar. No. Or do I only have... Oh, you, you can guess... You, there's no, there's no wrong guesses. Yeah, there's no wrong way Joey, to guess either. Joey, let's confer. When he said it's a British car and, and Brian goes, are we looking at the same car? That's a bad sign. No, because read that <laughs> explanation. Yeah, I know. It's So it's, it's a British car, but it's also kind of an American car. Oh, hmm. Okay. It's, it's Brian, I'm going to send you another link. I'm going to send you another link on Facebook if you want to take a look at this. A little bit more background information. No, I, I got it. But saying it's British is a cool clue, but it's a li- I'm reading the Wikipedia. Don't worry. I'm reading okay. it. It's a little misleading Rolls as Royce? well. No, exactly. You're going to go with that. No. It's not a Rolls, no. Keep going. Well, it's a, it it's like? a British-American car. It, it, it's The country's it's, got it's together made, to make this. I think two companies make this car. Two companies made the same car. They called it different things in different places kind of thing. Kind I of. I think it's called the same thing in both places. You'll probably okay. know it more from its American. Yep. 
How to uh, hurt that name. It's like a Shelby? No. Yeah. Shelby. Yes, correct. Carol Shelby? He it didn't it, make British cars, though, did he? he well, it's not It's the, not made by Shelby in Britain. He worked with them on this car. Oh, interesting. So it's a very okay. rounded car. Cobra? That's correct. That's correct. Kyle again, correct. Kyle, you got it. Okay. What are you talking about? It's my dad's dream car. He got it already. That's it? it Just a Shelby Cobra? Yes. Well, it's it's more a little bit more specific than that. Oh, I'm Go going ahead. by your link. Do you know the British manufacturer? Do you know who who made the Shelby in no. Britain? No. No fucking way. Because real Shelbys were always made by Carroll Shelby. And the Shelby team is like in America somewhere. That's what I'm saying. That's why the British part was misleading. Yeah. This is, and I'm going to send Go you ahead. both the link right now. Please. I'm this curious. I'm really curious. The AC Ford 427 Cobra. Which is made by AC Cars in Britain and Shelby in America. Nick says it's British with American power, known as the Corvette Killer. Yes. Beautiful car. Oh, yeah, it's gorgeous. Looks James Bondy. I was actually in one of these, like, Shelby race cars with no top like this. And they're, like, death machines. They they were Corvette Killers. There was one at Auto Palace across the street, and it was a blue and white one. Very much like this. And it was, like, one of the last racing ones. And the thing that I remember the most about it yeah. is it had these, like, really long exhaust... I don't know if he has a shot of them here, if they had it there. On the side. They did there, but then out the back, too, it had, like, extended exhaust pipes that were really really bizarre to me and i remember seeing those like instead of like them fitting to the back of the car they like shot out they like stuck out further like another like four inches or something interesting i remember seeing that and being like very confused by it so this is your dad's dream car kyle yeah he has a a 350 mustang engine that from a mustang i mean still has the body in my grandmother's garage has been there since like 1973 your dad's been hiding a body in your grandmother's garage (laughs) oh kyle way to out him but to quote him that the engine that he had for the mustang would be too radical because the cobras i mean most of them you go to so many car shows you see cobra kits yeah they sell kit cars for them yeah yeah so you can get that and you can put and so point being he is like a supposedly a perfect engine for a Cobra kit. I do like that Kyle, it seems like he undersold his car knowledge, except it seems like we yeah, also might hit it. exactly the sweet spot of like what the one car that he knows, but man, it happens to be like a very <laughs> you were car. You were meant to be <laughs> in this very episode, that's all car. that means. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I the British thank you thing both. threw me off so bad, yeah. But I want to thank you both for joining us, and I thank you again for being the, f- as flexible as you were in terms of the recording time. My, oh, you don't, you can't even see how flexible I am right now. Oh, my, oh, boy. He's very ooh, flexible. Ooh, uh, my work schedule a little crazy tonight, but I appreciate you both joining us for this episode. Brian, thank you for coming back. Kyle, for thank you for being here for the first time. Kyle, if you want to tell our listeners about your, I'm going to call it podcast and a half. You've got the one going on every week, and then you get the one a couple times a month. I'll let you talk about foodie films first, and, if, and Brian, do you want to jump in and help Kyle talk about P.S. I Love Hoffman? Let the listeners know about your fine, fine podcast. Yeah, so uh, as it's been said, I am the host of Foodie Films. It's nearing a year. It's definitely evolved already just even in its first year due to my own work schedule that I decided to make it a every other week podcast, but then realized, you know, I still want to put out stuff in those in-between weeks. So those in-between weeks have become sometimes a video, sometimes these short episodes that I've dubbed the sh- uh, short order sessions the two of which you've done with people who have listeners of this podcast are familiar with with uh with mike and with brian yes and uh I, well i need to have you on for a regular episode but then also shorter sessions because it's been almost a year joe i was on episode Eight. two and not since then joe hasn't been on at all who's so. counting no. who's counting as far as uh, releasing the regular episodes i do ones that are based on foodie you know food movies mm-hmm. food centric movies but then also i've been luckily lucky enough to meet a lot of talented people in the food industry so starting with 
with Pat LaFrida, my godfather in the foodverse, uh, has introduced me to so many people, so I've dubbed those episodes first cuts yep. so those are some really fun if you're into really into food those are great episodes or honestly just into like cool cool chats with people who have like a lot to talk about like i just love those like you know i, I like food but i'm not into food the way that you are but i just like the way that you get them to talk about you know whatever they're passionate about like i think it's a very whoever they are it's always it's a, a an interesting you know conversation yeah. to have with them yeah it's the most like natural to just the kind of podcast that i listen to the most just as far as yeah. interviews and conversations and just m- meeting new people so those are really fun well, my first podcast ever was with Brian Rodriguez, and that was P.S. I Love Hoffman, where we talked all the films inspired by you and Mike, obviously, talking Cage and then talking Keanu. We talked all the films of the late, great actor Philip Seymour Hoffman. Well, don't forget that you were also inspired by me and Joe talking about Zac Efron, too, of course. True. Yes, exactly. That ended over a year ago, but we started releasing episodes uh, dubbed P.S. I Still Love Hoffman, Mm -hmm. again, inspired by you guys for uh, Cage Club Rewatch. But we have, it's fun, we have our Hoff fans, as we dub them, vote. And so far, I mean, Brian, what have we've covered? Uh, we started with Boogie Nights. We've covered three P.T. Anderson PSH collaborations. And now, Brian, you've been on, you've talked about High School Summer Party a couple times. We did an episode basically Hopefully all this they listened show, to High School Summer did an episode Party. over there. Um, yeah. If you want to refresh our listeners' memories, what's High School Summer Party all about every Friday? So Kyle's show every, every Wednesday, P.S. Love Hoffman, every 1st and 15th of the month. Every Friday, Fridays are for fun, High School Slumber Party. Brian, what is your show all about? It's all about me and my friends walking down Memory Road. Is that something, Memory Road? Memory, memory, memory Lane. Lane. People usually say Memory Lane, but Lane. why can't it be Memory Road? Memory Avenue. Yeah. Memory yeah. Boulevard. Memory Boulevard. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I like Memory Boulevard. Memory cul-de-sac. Who knows? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Regardless, we're, we're watching some films that take place in high school. Not just ones in the past, because we've done some modern ones as well. All three of you have been on that yes, show. Yes, we have. And we have a very good time, so... It's a blast. I love that. But again, thank you both for joining us on this very special episode of Too Fast, Too Forever. For all things Too Fast, Too Forever, you can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com, slash Too Fast, Too Forever, or at Too Fast, Too Forever on Twitter and maybe Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page. Decide what we watch. Schedule your own pit stop viewings at TooFastTooForever.com and come back. Ooh, bonus episode next week our Hobbs and Shaw preview. Oh. Joe and I are going to give yes, our full right. rundown of what we want, what we don't want, what we hope, what we don't hope, everything that we might sort of possibly kind of could maybe see in Hobbs and Shaw next week. So bonus episode next week right here on Too Fast, Too Forever. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. And that was Kyle Reinfried and Brian Rodriguez of the three podcasts we talked about. I'm not going to give them another plug. You know them already. And we'll see you next time, next week, bonus episode, right here on Too Fast, Too Forever. Follow me, follow me, follow me.